boys and stuff. Oh, am I live? <clears throat> I should be live. People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. Please hit the like button on your way in. As usual, good morning to those of you like myself in the United Kingdom. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. And of course, in some cases, good night to those of you around the world. I hope everyone's in good spirits. Obviously, with it being Tuesday, second day of the week, I hope you're all having a progressive week in regards to your goals, hopes, dreams, aspirations and ambitions, or just simply overcoming hardship and I wish you all the best. You know, the only thing I wish you more than that in your goals of doing such is obviously continued health. Now, I hope you're, you know, you've got your physical, mental, financial and spiritual health. And I'd love to extend that to your loved ones. And I hope it only literally only gets better, really and truly. So, yeah, man, big up to everybody that's tuned in. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Any talking points, questions, don't feel any sort of way to get them in. I thought with it being March now, We'll review the, the month of February for Arsenal and I'll offer my own opinions. We'll go over Arsenal's financial results, things that have come out. You know, silly season where the transfer market is concerned. You know, we've been linked with Dybala and Lewandowski and I think every Arsenal fan, no, I don't like to speak for people, but I think I speak for every Arsenal fan where you're not holding your breath for that one, in it? You're not, you're not holding your breath, but anything can happen. And if nothing more, it's just a talking point. It's just an excuse to be here with you guys. Obviously, please make sure you have hit the like button but also check out the pin message. Make sure you're following slash, you know, aware that I do Twitch because we're going to be doing the Copper Italia, a Copper Italia watch along on Twitch. I can't lie. I was going to do the FA Cup, potentially Burnley Leicester, but you know, you lot on Twitch voted with your feet, man, really. So I hope everyone's doing well and safe. Hope everyone's in good spirits and whatnot. Oh, fucking, I need to do something. That's what it's, it's mad hot in here. So while I, you know, Nightbot, make sure you're getting your DG merch and that Nightbot, you know what you need to do. Aye. Rizzlers, all them things soon land. Lighters, Rizzlers, rolling trays, all of that soon land, people. Soon, soon, soon. For you guys that do all of that stuff, I don't know why you would need any of that, but I always hear you lot talking about something called Zoots and Swifts and these things. I don't know what it is, but yeah, as much as I love the DG hoodie and I know the galley love me in it, I've got to take it off because it's boiling. And hey, man's got their new shirt. I've got my nipples on show. Coming like only fans. I like, I like, I like, I like, I like. Humble t-shirt, man. Humble Coca-Cola t-shirt. And you get me? My boyhood club, you know the ticket. You even see? You look, I can see. I'm just jumping around. Can you look? You get me? All the Paris and that, like I said, got to support the team. Got to support, got to support, got to support, got to support. So, yeah, like I said, man, that's that's what we're going to be doing. That's what we're going to be talking about. Oh, appreciate, appreciate you. Happy March to you lot as well, man. Hopefully it's a progressive month. Um, You know, I hope this month is better than last month for everyone, isn't it? Really and truly. Definitely where our football club's concerned. Listen, I was just taking off my hoodie, man. Like, <laughs> just allow me. I was just taking off my hoodie. And again, this is a pleasure to be here day in, day out, week in, week out with you guys. Appreciate all of you lot in the comments, respectfully. You know, Sandro, appreciative to you. I appreciate you for coming. Remember, my friend, Andrew has said, over 68 li likes for the Tottenham versus Arsenal live. Watch along, mad thing, 40 days away, hype. To be fair, man, that, that one keeps getting rescheduled, so I understand it. But one love to everyone who's hit the like button on that one anyways, really. You are, you're right. Hopefully it doesn't end in heartbreak, man, really and truly. So, yeah, man, like, 
do you know what? Let's get in. Let's start with the finances because, well, I'll be real with you. Look, I hate talking about Arsenal's finances. I feel... I'm not going to lie. I hate the fact that fans waffle about it. Like, for me, my job is football, innit? I don't really care for finance. Obviously, I care for the finances, but people act like this is their own personal account in things really and truly. Um, but yeah, big up the Twitter account that is Swiss Ramble. Again, it's going to be a long read, people. So let's get this out the way. Big up LA in the cup, man. United and Spurs games are top four deciders. I can't lie. Somewhat, but, you know, all of the games are silly as it sounds. You look at the games and... You know, if it's not necessarily the big teams, you know, I'd throw Chelsea and Liverpool into that now. You know, Liverpool after Watford, um, I would eat or it was a Leicester, but I would throw I would throw uh, Chelsea in that, Liverpool in that, beyond the obvious. Obviously, for me as well, to the same standard, I would say Brighton at home. For me, anyways, Brighton at home, Southampton away, Villa away. Regardless of Villa's form, they're the ones that, obviously, I believe that we can get top four a lot more, but they're the ones that would truly make me become the goal from an atheist to a number a slash non-believer to a proper believer i feel we've got a good platform i want us to fight all the way i'm still not convinced i'll be real i, st I still think we're a bit short you know i don't really see a talisman I, we're betting a lot on our young players you know i need to see somebody you know this is the time of the season where just one player in any team, just a purple patch can make things happen. And I hope it could be Lacazette or even Eddie Nketiah because goals typically correlate towards Goals technically correlate towards winning games or should nine times out of ten, you know. In fact, on that, I don't know, man. Should we start with the should we start with the finances? Yeah, let's start with the finances because that's where we are, man. And I'd rather after the finances, we'll get into the February stuff and then obviously so on and so forth. Keep your questions, opinions, and whatnot coming. But you're right, man. They are title deciders for United. I want revenge because we dropped points from winning positions. That and Everton, points from winning positions beyond the obvious. You know, you can't afford to do that in the Premier League, man. No, from a footballing sense, I ain't an atheist. In, I'm believing God in that. If you're atheist, everyone's allowed to do what they want. I'm just talking from a footballing sense, you know. I'm an atheist where I, I'd say I'm agnostic. That's one. That's the one. If I remember in school, that's the one where you you're not sure in it. That's how I would be in Arsenal in an Arsenal top four regard. If I'm honest with you, I see bits and pieces. I still see a bit of concerns. I'm, I definitely like the togetherness. I like the resilience. I like the fact that we're we're getting results. I like the very fact that we're technically just hurt March, but we're still talking about Arsenal in top four for years on my YouTube channel. You've you've definitely a hundred percent heard me say things like, "Oh, you know." I just want to be in a fight. Like we're, we're out of it too early. Nine times out of 10, it's wrapped up where before the new year. So the very fact that we're there is good, but I don't know about anyone, but I'm not with this taking parts thing. I would say in my 26 years, I've owned that generation where this, the, it started to shift in regards to just in society, you know, not having winners and losers. Everyone's a winner. You could have a, a hundred people racing and a hundred gets the same prize as first. I, I don't think that, you know, I feel in football, you know, that that kind of transpires as much as I like the fact that we're in a fight for the top four. I'm not going to sit in May and say, oh, that was a good run, weren't it? You know, that December run was great. I don't, I don't know about any of that. I want us to get through to the end, really and truly. So it only goes so far, man. We are over exceeding in terms of initial expectations this season. But this season, we've gone from people looking at second and third, saying let's write off the season, talking about relegation, etc., etc. Bro, these next 14 games are brazy and there's going to be 14 different narratives week in, week out, really and truly. You know, re really and truly. In fact, I know we said we'll start off. We'll start off with um, the, the the finances, but we've kind of gone on into February. So for me, when I look at February, obviously I'm happy. You know, we've got back to winning ways. You know, we've got what 
three wins on the board out of a potential three. Did the double over Wolves, sandwiched in between that. We got over the line against Brentford. So for me, I'll start with the improvements. I'd say we need to play better for 90 minutes. I think across the three games, I wouldn't say we did necessarily that. I feel against Brentford, we took our foot off the gas. The first game against Wolves, we did our thing really, really and truly like... We went down to 10 men. It is what it is, really. Um, I'm not really getting at that. I'd say against Brentford, it was a case of we were near enough perfect, our foot off the gas, and we conceded a needless goal. And for a team that's getting better in terms of clean sheets and one of the best performing teams defensively this year in the league, we've got to maintain them high standards, really and truly. In the same way that we won, we're probably focusing more on Lacazette missing chances and things in general. We need Against Brentford, this is. We need to have that same energy for defence. And for me, I feel like for Ramsdale, for the defence, for all the improvements we're making, we need to make sure we correlate with that. So we, you know, feel we could have done better in terms of clean sheets slash play well for 90 minutes. Against Wolves at home, it was more of a case of mistakes happen. You know, we made a mistake and then we had to chase it. So again, just starting and finishing games and playing well for the for the whole 90 is something we can improve upon. We need our score, our strikers to bag more. One thing I do like, we're taking more shots. Like we're, all the games, I didn't, I, I, listen, I'm not going to bring the statistics, but, you know, we're double figures for shots in, in the end of the two Wolves games and the two Brentford games. But when you correlate the shots on target to the goals, there's a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a prob there's a bit of there's a bit of a problem there sort of thing so to go to the next level can we score some more goals saying that i don't think there's much we can do until until the end of the season if anything it had to be a january thing i hope lacazette and these guys can go on a goal scoring form but i'm more looking towards you know, a Pepe resurgence getting back into the lineup. Smith Rowe starting again. Maybe Martin Odegaard, you know, Martinelli, Saka, these guys as well. I'm looking at you lot to score the goals, really and truly. I I, I mean, I hope Lacazette and Enketia go on a, a purple patch, but they've shown me since they've been here, goals lack, they lack goals. So how much can I really, as much as what I've just said, how much can I really place if I don't, if I don't really see it? Um, so, yeah, I've actually said in brackets here, play play better for 90, get back to clean sheets. We've only got one this month. Need more, need our forwards to bag more in brackets, Lacazette. Back, uh, you know, break down low blocks a bit better. But again, I don't think we can do that without a number eight and things. As I said, we're shooting a lot more, but we're not really hitting the target. So they're the improvements I would like to see. And just in general, what we need to do anyways. In terms of positives, again, it's a case of all season, but specific here, I do. there is a bit of resilience. Um mistakes happen you know and especially for a young team mistakes are going to happen you know previous arsenal teams when gabriel's played that stupid back pass or something that might be the game done we might lose one nil when we focus on that point i like that okay cool with mistakes are, are, are given we forgive gabriel for his mistake and whatever and we get on with it the refs not giving us pens or the refs done something against us okay let's keep going you know we're down to 10 men unfortunately let's keep going i do think more so a case of all season, but specific to this month, there's been a lot more desire, heart, determination, etc., etc., etc. Reacting to setbacks and setbacks happen in life. Look at City. City beat up teams nine times out of ten. They had setbacks against us. They got over the line. VAR helped them, but they got over the line against Everton. Not everything is going to be pretty over a 38-game calendar, really and truly. So I like that we've reacted to setbacks. I like in the fact that there's been injuries. Other people have stepped up as well, because that's something that happens through the season. And for me, like I said, the very fact that, you know, we've been goals down, refs have gone against us, booky decisions, individual mistakes, we've just, we've just got through it. That's me, and really and truly. And for me, the biggest positive is what, you know, we've taken four points from our, our, our potential games, nine points from nine, good position. We got 
revenge on Brentford per se. We won our two big games against Wolves, taking care of business. I can't complain about nothing, you know, re really, really and truly. Man said Partey needs to do some striking training. He's going to get there. And when he does, we've got to celebrate like mad, man. We've got to celebrate like mad. In terms of players of the month, for me, again, there's no orders. I'm just, hey, everyone's done well in it. Everyone's done their thing. Um, I would say for me, in no order, I know it's no order, but for me, Odegaard, he's been different gravy. He's been different gravy for us this season, but I think there's levels to go up. I think now he's fine. He's, he's settled in the team and all of that. There's next levels he can go up. And that's the scariest thing about, for me, with Odegaard. You know, I know we've got Saka, we've got Smith Rowe, we've got the young defenders then, we've got bare players with potential. But I really think people, and I don't really care, but I don't think people deep how good Odegaard can be for our football club. Like, I really believe that with Martin Odegaard. I feel the pressing metrics are good. He might be a pretty boy, but he defends. Um, he obviously has got a wonderful left foot. He's, he's good in the tight spaces. I just want to see him in the final third a bit more. But again, I don't think too many of that think them things there can happen until we address the midfield in the summer. On the topic of midfield, I have to give, I feel Partey's been good this month, if I'm honest with you. And I also feel Xhaka. In fact, I've put Xhaka slash Partey. They've both equally been good. Midfield is an area of concern. Pardon me, concern for me. I like the defenders that we've brought in and the, and the improvements. I like the young players that we've got in the final third, but the middle third is what's going to affect the defence being a proper defence or the strike force going to a next level. As I just said with Martin Odegaard, you go and look at his best highlights and stuff. It's when it's it, nine times out of ten, it's against the run of players. When there's movement, it's when if he's dropped deep people in front of him or when he's on the final third on the edge of the area. Nine times out of ten, he has to drop deep, typically on that right-hand side where we're still a left-hand centric side. So it kind of goes against him. But again, a lot of these systemic things, I don't feel, once again, I've, I've said this bare times, I don't feel we can change it until the summer because it's the same personnel. We kind of have to rock with what we've got. I have liked as well, you know, as I said, how other people have stood up to be counted. I have to give an honourable mention to Cedric. I still don't believe in your ability long-term. I still... um. I still think, you know, we need a better right back. I don't know if Saliba coming in makes uh, Arteta say, you know what, Ben White can play right back if need be. But, you know, if you're going to, you always say, if you're going to open your mouth and be vocal when these guys fail and stuff like like we did, we gave Cedric a very, a very hard time when he's getting ripped against Sunderland and that. You have to give him his hells up. And as I always say, it's a 38-game calendar. People get injured. And I'm scared that Tommy Asu is injured. I don't like it. He's one of our better players. Cedric has stepped up in the last opportunities he's had. And for me, I might not think too much of you, Cedric. But in a young team where when you're young, you're volatile. We need consistencies or assurances from people like yourself, really. The experienced players, you, Xhaka, Partey, Lacazette, where the jury's still out on all of them. There's probably still an asterisk, but I have to give Cedric his praise. I feel Saka's been good. I feel Saka can play a lot better, but I think Saka's been good this month. I feel Gabriel, obviously... Gabriel was moving Buki, you know, with his last, his, his, you know, he reacted. But I feel Gabriel's been good and it's a whole team thing. You know, I just feel that Odegaard, Xhaka slash Partey, Saka, Gabriel and an honourable mention to Cedric deserves their halops, if I'm completely honest with you. In terms of improvements needed in or, or specific players, unpopular opinion, he hasn't been poor and I'm being very harsh, Ramsdale. You know, the distribution's elite, but sometimes his positioning and his and his and his passing has been a bit booked. He's still playing good. I'm just saying get back to them. It's still high, but get back to them even higher standards. And Ramsdale, he is gonna make a mistake sooner or later because we've got a young squad and you can see it. You know, it's due, it's it's due, it's it's due to happen. Um so yeah, man, I feel Ramsdale's distribution, I would say 
the only player I feel I want to see a lot more from would probably be Lacazette, just because you're our striker. And again, you get we know what else he gives us in the in in the, in the lack of scoring goals. But I just feel definitely the last game. I know we had a better second half, and he showed what he's about in the second half. But that first half. You know, I really didn't see the link up play and all of and all of those sort of things from from Lacazette that 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 gives him the luxury as well. Hail up Tierney as well. Tierney getting back to his business as well. Big up Pepe for getting reintegrated. And Arteta, I give him his hells up. You, you, there's nothing bad to say about Arteta this month. You've been making subs when you need to. You've made the right decisions with the squad. You're keeping the feel-good factor. You know, you keep paying homage to the fans. Big up the fans because at home, would make it home and away Arsenal fans making bare noise. But at home, it's been a pleasure to see. Um, and we know, if anything, it, you know, our home form, if anything, because our away form is a bit dodgy and we've got some bad games to go and play, really. We need to make sure we maximise our home points or make the, the make it as, you know, try our hardest to do such. So I like that. And what more can I say? I'd say the only... Ramsdale, I'm being a bit harsh. I'd say the only one I want to see proper, proper improvements for beyond what they need to work on is Lacazette. Car. Bro, you need to score goals. I, I, listen, link up play, all of that stuff. Some of the chances you're missing, you've got it in you to bag, bro. You've got it in you to bag, but I don't know. Then obviously you're looking at March, March to April now. You know, as I always say, from August, you've got to get to December. We did that. December, you've got to get out of that period, December to February slash March with a decent sort of chance of top four. Right now we've done that. From March until May, from March until April, better yet, it's man need to just get the job done. It's job done season. There's difficult games. April is, is going to be very difficult. Our last two games... The way it's going for Everton, and I know Newcastle are going up there, they're fighting relegation, so you've got to be careful. It's coming down to a shootout. From now till May, arguably, it's just don't let your hard work fail you. You've worked very hard to be in this position. And again, if you get top six, there's something to build upon, but it will feel like you've lost a cup final or something if you don't get top four. Don't ruin it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't get excited. Start thinking about games in May, in April and to the latter stages of May and, and whatnot, game by game basis. If we win our next game, don't get excited. If we lose, don't get excited because there's 14 games left. We're not going to take four points from all of them. I want to be wrong. Who wouldn't want their team to do it? But I just know there's many setbacks. You can't just sit there and say you're going to win this, that and the third. People are doing that. Burnley put a spanner in the works. You know, we weren't amazing against Brentford. You know, it could have, these games could have, would have, should have went other ways. We can only deal with the facts. Hit the like button, you know. that. And as I said, you know, we're taking more shots. Again, in terms of correlating double figures for shots, like in our last three games to shots on target, ultimately goals, there's, there's work to be done. But at the same time, how much of that can be done with the guys we've got in our squad? Like the guys that are scoring goals are not necessarily goal scorers. Smith Rowe is learning how to add that into his game. He's done it this year. He ain't done it for years. You know, Saka is learning and doing well to add that to his game. Martinelli the same. You probably want to see Odegaard bag a few. Pepe can get a few. These sort of guys. But our actual guys that are meant to get goals, respectfully, Lacazette and Eddie, they can't really do it. Like, um, they're strikers. No matter how much fancy heat maps and stuff, they're strikers. I can't can can we really can we can we really do that? Like again, as much as I believe that's the case, I can't I can't expect that really because you've shown me you can't really do this thing really. So yeah, man, March is brazy. For me, you need nine to twelve points. Absolute minimum in March is seven. You know, you've got Watford away. You know, Watford made it very difficult, made it very difficult for United. You know, ain't that four points off United this year? I hope they revert back to type. Even at Watford at home, we weren't amazing. It could have went left. Do what you need to do at at, um, at Vicarage Road. Liverpool at home again. 
out of the four games we have between Villa, Le- Leicester, Watford and Liverpool, that's one where I don't, I don't like to say the words you expect to lose, but you probably don't expect much. Again, home crowd, make a meal of it. You know, Liverpool are fighting for the league. They're not, you know, we're fighting for something as well. So, react in that regards, man. You know, try and make a meal of things, really. So, yeah, you know, that's the only game I, I would accept dropping points. Leicester at home, they're going to come for revenge. I mean, don't get it twisted. Gerard is doing great stuff at, at Aston Villa. But, and again, we've got them towards the end. When you look at the narrative to what actually the results being picked up, then they're not doing amazing, are they? Really, really and truly, it's not. It's not amazing stuff at this moment in time. So I, you know, and and to be fair, last couple of times Villa away, it ain't been it ain't been happy seasons for me really. So we need to get something Villa away. You need to be beat realistically. Leicester have been the worst they've been in three to four years. You need to be beating that. Watford, you need to be... But you need to get nine points. There, there's nine points you should be getting. Seven, I'll say seven worst-case scenario because, you know, there's VAR. It might not just be our day. These lot might just do a mad thing. Seven points, worst-case scenario. But you need nine to 12 points. I would love to sit here and say 12 points. I think you at least need nine. And again, the games don't get any, any easier. Any easier. Really. You know, again, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump too ahead. I don't want to jump too ahead, and I feel like a broken record. But you look at my birth month, which is April. April thirteenth is the birthday. If you if you're getting gifts and that, come on. Um, it's brazy games, brazy games. Obviously, April is P. April is all my bogey teams. You've got Crystal Palace away. Now, them games there are nine times out of ten filled with drama. Brighton at home, home and away filled with drama, just like in our last game against them where we were lucky to get a point. Let's be real. If Burnley can smack them, you need to smack them as well because all the lack of goals and that stuff goes goes out the window. Southampton away. Southampton, the most emotional football. Another bogey team. I don't like St Mary's. I don't like going to Selhurst Park. I don't like playing Brighton. That's a tricky one in April. So again, if you get nine points or in or, or whatever, you've given yourself a healthy landing. And again, our reward for those three games is them playing United at home, which United are very jammy against us. It could go either way. You've got West Ham. So it's a big month. That's If, if we have a decent April and we come out of that in a decent one, that's our, I'll sit here and I'll say, I genuinely am convinced we're getting top four then. If you come out of that period, like I said, for me, I, I always look for those three games. I tell you that all the time, and you know I'm not lying because you can go and check my vids. Before, in, in when we look at in August, when we get our fixture calendar or whatever, obviously we all look for Spurs, United, Liverpool, them Chelsea's, all them big games, which, again, we need to remember we've got to still to play Spurs, still to play Chelsea as well. But I always look for Crystal Palace home and away, Brighton home and away, Southampton home and away. We're known to drop points against these teams or it's never plain sailing. So if you can do something in them games there, it is what it is. But we shouldn't even be focused on April now. It's gonna, I think if things go left, we're going to look at the January period and think, what if we brought in a centre mid or a striker? March to April, one of these two months, if it goes left, these are the pivotal moments. And again, we are going to drop points. We've already dropped stupid points this season, like everybody. Stupid points for me would be considering you was winning against United, considering you was winning against... United can go every way, any way, to be fair, but should have beat Everton, you know, weren't in the game against Brighton, you know, Burnley couldn't break down a low block, you know, Crystal Palace just ramping, you know, these are five games that we've messed up, you know, we, we know, and again, L, like you said, people have to stay fit, 
form has to continue. Hopefully, there's a purple patch. I hope that Smith Rowe can go on another purple patch of form, if I'm honest with you. But yeah, man. And then May, again, we're going two ahead. May, you've got Leeds at home, Newcastle, Everton. These are three teams fighting for their lives, really and truly. And then, obviously, at this moment in time, we don't know when Chelsea and the Spurs games are going to be rescheduled. But so, you know, limited to this month. That's what we have in March. We've had a good February, good bounce back. Nice to get wins on the board, you know. Have we still got more red cards than goals? I think we must have moved away from that one there, surely. So we're doing all right, but we're doing all right. But doing all right doesn't correlate to winning. I know Arsenal fans like to chop and change the league. I know I, I, I'm not going to be one of those Arsenal fans if we don't get top four or top six and say, oh, well, but what, what about that November, September period, though, when we was on an unbeaten run or whatever month it was? That's dead. So, yeah, that's that, that's how I feel about the month. Ronaldo should join Arsenal in 2024. Big up the Malaysians. Out of all the sides racing for top four, United has a rough route. I mean, everyone's got to more or less play the same games. And every unpopular opinion, everyone's got rough games, you know, because as much as we're winning, we drew against Burnley. I feel everyone could, to, you know, there's plus points for everyone to want to win, everyone to want to lose. Of course, I know Spurs beat Leeds. But they look a bit fractured. United, there's all sorts of dramas coming out with that. Wolves, it looks like they, they're normalising. West Ham, you know, they're winning games, but they're looking a bit booky as well. Us, it feels like everything is kind of going right, but everything can change in a minute. Everything can change in a minute. Narratives can spin. All it takes is for us to lose against, against Watford, United to beat City, other things to happen, and the narratives change. Every week, United have got top four. We've got top four. West Ham got top four. And as much as people waffle about Arsenal being favourites, which I disagree, last time I checked, how can you be favourites if, if you're not winning the race? How can you be favourites to win if you're not leading it? And if it was leading, if it was a race for top four from, let's say, what, fourth to eighth, whoever is fourth is on pole position. How many times have, again, out of all the teams, how long have we actually spent in fourth as well? I'd love to know. So, yeah, man. Average two points a game and top four is ours. I hear that, but and I, my, my maths is poor, but that means you need more wins than draws, really, because a win provides you with three points. A draw brings a draw brings one. Loss is obviously none. So, I don't know, man. Last time I checked, you can't get two points from an average game. It is what it is, man. Let me scroll all the way up because I'm missing out some comments. Wait, we can make we can make clips now. What's that of YouTube? I think so. Morning Chase Gold. Bro, Lewandowski would be mint. Chesney says he's more professional than Ronaldo, so his age is just an illusion. He can still play at the top level for three plus years. We're winning ugly, winning ugly, unglamorous signings. Sides like Liverpool did this to build where they are now. True. I always watch your streams. Hi, big up you, man. But you know, try being sober, my guy. Big up yourself. Jason, shout out to you. Odegaard and TT and Ramsdale, excellent additions. White's looking good too. Let's see how we finish the season. Not going to lie, DG, the Amazon film must love Ramsdale. Man is forever a happy spirit. Most improved award goes to Cedric for sure. Ben White's quietly having us. Well, Ben White's been doing his thing. You know, we've all been doing our thing. We've got three wins, but yeah, man. It's just competence when coming into the side. Odegaard would be a good vice captain. Ramsdale is that guy for me. Little Chili is awesome, but his shooting is poor, bro. I mean, all the men in my Arsenal can't shoot. We can't really shoot or take corners as much as we've been good from set pieces. You know, Saka and Partey. I wonder who the set, who the shooting coach is. It must be, you know, I'll pay good money to watch Arsenal to watch Arsenal shoot in practice. Really, I'm confident we can get ten points from our next five games. 
And the five games on paper are Watford away, Leicester away, Liverpool at home and Villa. So that's three wins and a draw. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, if I'm if I'm cerebral, I want to try as hard as we can against Liverpool. If I'm looking at it on a cynical thing, probably lose that. Should be picking up points elsewhere. But football's weaky. We might lose to Watford, beat Liverpool. You know how crazy football is, man. Come on, Liverpool, man. We do a win for, from you, lot. What's all this about, man? If we don't hear about a right-back, I'm going to do some crazy agent business and work to get DG in the team. Why not, man? Why not? I'll need an I'll need a pre-pre-season to be fit, and then we'll see. But I don't mind chilling with Tavares on the bench. I, I don't mind, you know. I, when You know when they criticise Arsenal online and say, there's too many players happy to take a paycheck. I'll be looking at that and laughing like, yeah, bro, I'm happy to take a paycheck. Man's getting treated like a king, getting all sorts of designer clothes, getting the best food and the best chefs. All I need is a West Indian chef. So, you know, man ain't really trying to... Some of the pre-match meals these like, have to eat. I'm not really on it. You know, you get physios and that. Well, I live two minutes away from, from Finsbury Park. Get home quick. Oh, man, that'll be hard. That'll be so cool. So cool. I'll just be chilling with the third choice keepers, man. Like, you might as well get in goal. You might as well let me shoot, man. Because when Arteta is nice enough to give me some minutes, I'm going to do the party to have, a, have, a, have an effort, man. It's about time we take something from Liverpool. Amen, man. But <laughs> you see the Liverpool games, bro. They're too, they're too cruel, man. They're too cruel because we'll hold it up for 20 minutes. And then Jota, Salah, Trent, these villains there start doing the villain thing, man. But, you know... Forgive me, I don't advocate cheating, but VAR, if you could do a thing for us, you know, Lacazette, I'm going to need... Oh God, if you can do a little diving thing, we can get a little 1-0 victory, Liverpool off day, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Who is going to join Arsenal? I don't know. Rough route height, we we both still got to play Chelsea, City, Tottenham, Liverpool. Everyone's got to play everyone. Narrative in October, Arsenal failed to win 25 of their last 46 Premier League games under Mikel Arteta. Arsenal failed to win 15 of their last 23 Premier League home games under Arteta. This is the narratives, you know, it was all doom and gloom. Newcastle got to make signings for the Championship. Look at what they're doing. Many people, not going to cap myself included, felt Eddie Howe, as much as he don't want Newcastle to go down, it looks like an impossible job. Now look, crazy. Come on, DG, have some confidence. We've been playing well. The sendings-offs in the first three games due to COVID didn't help us. Danny, where did I say I didn't have confidence? Where did I say I didn't have confidence? I'm not going to have blind optimism or blind negativity. Please, Danny, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is, might, might be your first time. Please don't listen with rose tints. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people do not listen. I didn't say I'm not confident. I'm just not going to come out here and come out with brazen statements and say we're definitely going to get it and things like that. If that doesn't mean I have confidence, then I must be the least unconfident guy. Do I have confidence in the young players? Do I have confidence into the kev into, in the togetherness that we have? Of course. But this ain't Disneyland. This ain't Disney Channel. This ain't Mighty Ducks. Commitment, fight, all of that only gets you so far. Reality is harsh, you know, <laughs> really and truly. We have an impossible task. The impossible can be made possible if we keep doing what we're doing. I, I talk about keeping games, game in, game out. I think we're in a fight. I demanded us to be in a fight. I think we're fighting for top four. I want us to fight to the end. I think we have a chance. Do I wholeheartedly believe we're going to get top four? No, because I haven't been confirmed certain things. I think we lack a talisman. We have a young squad. Again, Gabriel made a mistake against Wolves and it means nothing. But I've seen Gabriel, I've seen Tavares make mistakes earlier in the season, which have cost us because of the narratives, you know. Again, we might look at these mistakes if we don't get these results a bit differently. You might look at Lacazette's failing to score certain chances a bit differently. I'm not saying that you need to be negative or positive. I just find it very funny that 
Arsenal fans will watch 90 minutes and just shut up and waffle positively or negatively without, you know, according to the final end result. So, you know, again, and that's good. That's fine. That's fun in games. We know the refs goes against us. I mean, I'm not going to waffle about us, our three games in August. You never heard me mention it. It's irrelevant. You know, it's only relevant when we look back in May. The only games I've gone back in time is, is the last month we've gone in. You know, and actually just mentioned where I feel we've dropped stupid points when I said, I think I said Brighton, Crystal Palace at home, um, Burnley at home, United away, Everton game. That's it. You never heard me say them first three games. So, yeah, man, I hope, hope that puts everything to bed, really and truly. Where did I say I never had confidence? If you want people to come out here and do the mad thing so they can get clipped up online, boy, you need to go to the wrong, you need to go to the right channel, you're the wrong place. I even said, you know, if we beat some of them bogey teams, I believe a lot more. But as far as it, we're in a fight, you know, we're in a fight. So that's it. <laughs> man called him the boohoo Beckenbauer. Hey, Ben White's my guy, man. Happy with all the silence. Appreciate all the Jamaican fans locked in. Come on. How long before DG gets a yellow card for rattling from the bench? Hey. Dark arts, that's things, man. Can never get back for that. Love for the super chat. Realistic signings for the summer. This word realistic, I, I don't know. What I would like, you know, you, I don't know, man. I'd say, you, could you bid for Darwin Nunes? You know, could you bid for Darwin Nunes? Could we? I'm not prepared to give up on the hour thing just yet. Is what it is. I said Burnley, Leicester's at home. I prefer Schick to Latoro. Big up, DG. I'd rather Latoro. DG, I'm confident and feel we should challenge for third spot. I mean, pfft, listen, I'm just, I just know Arsenal right now. We're in sixth or something. If we can keep winning games and Chelsea mess about and they make third open, fair play. But let's just keep doing what we're doing, man, game to game. Man said, I don't want to hope anything with Arsenal. My heart can only take so much. I hear that. The thing is, you know, I've said this on my channel, you know, Arsenal have not got the top four numerous, as poor as we've been the last few years, we have not not got the top four because everyone is massively better than us. We've bottled it. And that's what it's going to look, look it, it, that's essentially what it is now. It's who bottles the least. That's what this top four race is. Would you say Arsenal have been amazing this season? No. Compared to previous standards, we've been a lot better, but no. United definitely haven't been amazing and they're ahead of us right now. Spurs have been the, the worst team in the world. Not that I want to praise Spurs. They're still in this fight. Wolves are up there. Leicester are still technically not that far behind and obviously the Hammers are there who have been shaking up the place. So no one's been amazing. If they were amazing, you know, it'd be a foregone conclusion to the degree that you know, nothing's an assurance in life, but you could probably bet your life savings that City and Liverpool will be in the top four. Our part three, bro. It's not Emre's fault we have a, def a, a deficit. Let's be real. This is because of our Edu and Arteta doing bad business. No clue why Emre's being mentioned. Doesn't play for the club anymore. Doesn't manage the club. So I'm not sure. But we missed out via a point. And what I would say in that year, manager, players, everyone takes responsibilities. Every team in the top four race is a team of bottlers. As you said, the team that gets fourth is the team that bottles the least, man. How would Al and Odegaard play in the starting eleven unless he's going to play the Xhaka role? Make it work, man. You know, I'm not going to do the hypothetical thing while these players don't sign. I'm just going to leave that question at that. Crystal Palace and Burnley at home killing me. We'd be fourth right now. Two points behind Chelsea. Five points clear of United with three games in hand. Broski, we've got to be real. Scoring is going to be our main setback. Scoring and the fact of we've got young players that do volatile shit. Like, you can't talk about having potential and then not discount the fact that 
Gabriel is going to play them stupid straight passes. Ramsdale's going to do something dumb. Ben White might give a stupid penalty away. Lokonga's not played for a minute, but Lokonga, Tavares, these guys might give straight passes away. Saka, Martinelli, these sort of guys, they might score goals, Smith Rowe, but when it's crunch time, they might not necessarily. And they've all displayed that through the season. Everybody's gassing Smith Rowe now, and rightly so. A lot, a small section of Arsenal fans were onto him slightly when we played Brighton, Brighton away, when he didn't square the ball. You know, Odegaard's come into his own, but he was one that could have been dropped. Again, 38 games, it's a long season. For a squad with an average age of 23, 24, they're going to have volatile moments. So that's something that goes against us. In the same way, they're somewhat fearless. These are things that go against us. And for me, we've got a lack of a talisman. The talisman are not higher class players like that. And as you know, this is the time in the season where... Well, if someone just picks up form, look what Giroud... Giroud made the difference for Chelsea getting top four. He couldn't buy a game. Then he just started scoring goals. This is the sort of thing, if Kane picks up his form, if Ronaldo, who's got one goal in 10, gets back to what Ronaldo's meant to do, then it is what it is. While we've got scorers and we got over the line with Gabriel against Wolves once um, and whatever's happened this this season, this this month, sorry, we need a lot more. And that shouldn't be defined as a negative. That's the, If you're genuinely watching Arsenal, this is genuinely what it is. You know, you as a person, you know, you're, if you go to the gym, you know that you, you know, you struggle to do the chest workouts. You perform better at the arms. So looking at our team, you need to know what's the good and bad. You know, why, why is that? Why, why, why is it so wrong to just mention, just, 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 just to say what's in front of you? Like, why have we got to do the ridiculously positive thing or the negative nanny thing? Hit the like button, people. How are we still not at 73 likes? You lot are violating, man. Big, big violations. Odegaard gave away a silly penalty as well. Xhaka done his, his silly stuff. You know. That's not Gabriel's first error leading to go, if I'm honest with you, since he's been at this club. Also... You know, these there's been warning signs with that. But you're right, things do happen. That's my point. Things happen. These are a young squad. You can't sit here and say, even if Saliba came next season, you can't sit here and say, oh, these guys got potential, blah, 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 and be surprised when a young centre-back gets destroyed by a more experienced striker or has bad games or does stupid things. As I always say, if you're going to be an Olympic swing, swimmer, at some point, you had to be jumped in, a, in the swimming pool and almost drowned. How are you going to be 30? You know, if you're a chef that's never cut your fingers, you're extremely careful. Or for me, I wouldn't eat your food because I don't trust you really and truly. You ain't done nothing, you know. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. Van der Beek or Auer in the sixth position. I don't know about that. But what I do know is Auer can play behind. Bro, why you just you're not listening, man? And that's why I wouldn't say I hate Xhaka, but you know we've got mistakes in our team. Them sort of guys, they've been there, man. It's annoying that Marie. Uh, that's the biggest point I'm happy with Arteta, man. Arteta just ditched these dons, man. As soon as he could, there's there's times last season where he's just playing these guys. He's ditched the dons that are shit. Now, and no coincidence, we're playing the same guys, and there's more consistency in our team. We're rotating where we can. Lacazette has impressed me a lot, even though he sometimes makes some bad misses. He does a lot of important work for the team. He does, but in today, to be devil's advocate, we overcompensate with that because the man don't score. You know, for all the, the for as for as much as we waffle about Lacazette's creativity, and I'm not belittling him, but I've, I ain't seen him play that pass like Kane did the other day. You know, I ain't seen him do the Firmino thing. I think he's a good player. I think we get at him for no. I think fans take it over the top, but yeah, man. 
I mean, I would love someone two-footed, but if we could just get someone that attacks the space with a ball, someone that wants the ball, someone that's fairly press-resistant, then it is what it is, man, really and truly. Like, as it's good for the squad, suddenly if you're relying on him to score goals, it looks very different. So, yeah, it is what it is with that. Should we look at the financial report as well, people? Because, again, that's another one that's going to... We're going to be here for time, really and truly, with that. Don't forget, people, it's the Copper Italia later. AC versus Inter Milan. I'm going to be doing a watch-along for that. Pardon me. Oh, that was horrible. I'm going to be doing a watch-along for AC Milan, Inter Milan. That's going to be at 7.30 on Twitch. So, make sure you're following. One love to those of you um, who have... DG, love your content. How many goals do you think Lacka will score this season? I don't know. Kim, you're talking to a broke, you're talking to a brick wall because I, I, I sing Lacazette's praises. But again, a striker's job is to score goals. So, you know, we're just typing paragraphs and saying the same things at this point. My G, my guy Pepe with more goals in 40 minutes than Lacka in 2022. But some way, you know, you've seen some strikers who are goal scorers killed for just scoring goals. But at the same time, as much as you offer general playing stuff, you need to score. I don't really get at Lacazette. Or you see, I'm never quite angry at Lacazette not scoring goals because can you really be angry? When you know someone that that's all someone does, then I can't get angry at Lacazette. I've accepted him at face value. The link up play. Second half against Wolves showed what he's about. First half, I think first half was the first time in a while Lacazette, for his lack of goals, he wasn't giving the link-up play and all of that. Second half, you saw it. Chasing lost causes, involved in goals. He does the dirty work. I remember, you know, I felt like Azet got done dirty, you know. When you think of El Nene, you think of Old Trafford now and Partey had a great game. I don't think Lacazette got praised for that. And if I remember correctly, there was a few years ago, Lacazette had a good game there as well. Um, it won't be in Lacazette's highlights, but again, at the same time, there's balance, you know. You need to score goals. And if I'm devil's advocate, if goals aren't necessarily the remit of a striker, the, the net the net should be cast further and it should be even easier to find someone. I don't know how many goals Lacazette will bag, but I, I hope he can get something respectable. Nine times out of ten, him and Pepe are last couple of seasons. They've been our second half of the season, guys. So, I hope so. I really do hope so. How many is he on now, Lacazette? You must be, you must have at least five. Yeah, something tells me it's free, you know. But to be fair, Luck has got five assists. Calm, you know. Let's save him a bit. You know, he's had a hand in eight in 19. Save him a bit. He's got five assists, three goals in the league. When last did you bag Lacko? You got shagged for your last goal, unfortunately. But I do you know you scored against Wolves for me, man. I'm giving you that goal. You scored against Wolves. But prior to that, if it, you know, if I give him the Wolves one prior to that, he went one, two, three, four four games without scoring to be fair then he, he bagged against Norwich and then he took two weeks off before bagging against Norwich before that he scored against Southampton and then Southampton in this in, in November and then before November the last time he bagged you'd have to go back to the 2-2 with Palace where he played his way into the team them times to be fair to you he was doing up bench for a minute and then he got into the team and that's like I said he's never been a prolific goal scorer he, he, he's one of them weird ones at Arsenal where he'll go through the periods of scoring he won't score um, throughout the whole thing so I don't know man Lacazette's on three 14 games left I hope he ends up with 10 in it like I hope he can get seven goals man I, I would like Lacazette to score you could see and this ain't the first time at Arsenal you know there's been a couple times Lacazette's gone on a goal drought and you can see what it means to the players you know he's clearly that's one thing I like the togetherness I like the togetherness when Gabriel made his mistake 
I like the togetherness when they well, we all thought Lacquer would have been given the goal because obviously it's emotional football, but like it with him. So I hope 10, but that means he needs to score in half the games left. I don't know if that's the case. I hope so, though, man. Lacazette used to love scoring at the Emirates, so hope so, man. We've clearly made... I'm not going to praise the club for getting rid of shit players and bringing in good ones. That's what you need to do. If you're, if I own a business and the business is underperforming, I'm going to get rid of the staff that are not levels and bring in guys that are. So um, it's, it's a bit like praising the manager for, for consistently playing the same team or figuring things out. I do praise them for this, but you're doing the right things. It's like when you lot praise me, like you lot tell me, oh, DG, you're so consistent. I, I Listen, I, I appreciate all of it. There'd be no point if it wasn't for you, but that's the minimum. Like, man, have to turn up every day. Like, I shouldn't get praise for that. Like, that's the minimum. These are things that I need to do anyways, if you get what I'm saying, man. Really. And our stats with Lacazette are probably going to be better because he's playing half the time. But Lacazette, I'm open to keeping him in the squad. I wouldn't force the ball out and the terms that I'd probably try and make him agree is not on it. I mean, I can't lie. If we get two strikers, there's no need to keep Lacazette, bro. There's no if two strikers arrive in January, then I'm um, man said January in the summer, then there's no need to keep Lacazette. If I'm completely honest, there's there's no reason. It'll just be hell of a motive. And again, like you said, second half, Lacazette's pressing, working hard, but at the same time. As much as I love that about Lacazette, and I'm not taking nothing away from it, anytime we start praising footballers for working hard, we're in a dangerous situation, you know? We're in a dangerous situation. And like I said yesterday with Joe Willock, as much as I love him, but have you noticed, when you talk about a baller and you say, oh, he works hard, nine times out of ten, they're either not good or they're so good up until a certain point. There's bare men that are good, but they work hard anyways. No one, them city man. No one says they work hard like that. You might when you say you work hard, you praise the system. You don't say Bernardo Silva works hard. You say he's a fucking baller. Like, hey, like, come on now. And I'm not trying to criticize anyone. I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's a bit. It's brazy, man. It's a brazy one. It's a brazy one. But yeah, man. And that's why I feel there's no balance when you talk about Arsenal in general. Like, smash the likes or unexpected high bills. Subscribe. Roll to 50k and 10k on Twitch Lit Community. Come on, South London. Bro, it's March the 1st. It's brazy, man. Absolutely brazy. And that's not one reason I don't mind Lacazette starting. Because, again, you lot have noticed, I've been backing Lacazette in a sense of, I keep saying, all right, last game, if he doesn't score, then maybe Pepe, Martinelli up front. But I don't think this is the part of the season to start trying different things and, 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 messing, and messing things up. And that's another thing, you know, where Lacazette might drop deep and against Everton and in the first half against Wolves, when all our players are dropping deep, it harms us. Lacazette's a focal point to bounce off other players. Naturally, he's a striker and, you know, he takes the... I don't want to say that he takes the heat off other players because Saka's got like 15 man marking him more time, but he can kind of take the heat off him and people can vacate spaces. So if it's not broke, don't fix it at this moment in time, really. And for me, it's Lacazette's character, man. It's just Lacazette's mentality, character. You know, he, again, he's just doing... He, we all know what's going on with his contract and all of that sort of stuff. He's just getting on with it, really, and truly, man. And he's just doing... I mean, there there is a level of consistency from Lacazette. You know he's going to work hard, link up, play. I, I know he's... The first half, he was off against Wolves, but he's giving you all the others. But I do think, at the same time, it's overcompensating. At the same time, if I'm honest with you, but it is what it is. But you're right, though, man. 
I don't know for the quality strikers, man. We're going to get into the baller and that. We need to go over the... Oh, what's it called again, man? We need to go over the financial thing. I won't even criticise Lacazette or Inketia for me. It's the club's fault. Strikers go through bad periods and we wouldn't have that problem if we had quality depth left. Or, yeah, said it there. Would you take Dennis? Oh, if he carries on doing this. Sup, DG? You, man, say this is your minimum for YouTube on the pitch. You always have that bang. Come on. Appreciative and that. And this is it, bro. But no, do you get it? You can't play. If you're not on defending, you can't play for City. But my point is, you don't waffle about defending for them, man. Like, obviously, them man are at the, at the same time. I respectfully disagree, my guy. No striker winning the ball back in their own. What? Really? Really? No striker in the Prem's defending? So come on now. Lacazette's the only guy we're praising for working hard in the 85th minute. Come on now. Come on now. Man used to see... I've seen Gav Hazus do that even, if we're going to stay with City. Crazy. Should be in school right now, but thank God there's a tube strike and I'm here watching, thankfully watching you. I appreciate that, MJ. Everyone's been, been, pardon my language, fucked over by the tube strike. Again, big up all my TFL members and all of them things, but it's hard to have sympathy when you look, keep fucking up the base. Well, I'm not going to keep Lacazette in the squad because he works hard, bro. Like, you know, he's a leader and he's all of this sort of stuff. But I'm, you know, I, I, I just feel that's the theme Arsenal go with half the time. You know, several players. We always say, oh, even man was saying that with El Nene. They're good for the young players and things like that. Dead, man. You know, Firmino as well. Like, come on now. I love the passion. I love everything Lacazette does. I love the points. But I mean, Thierry, you're capping a bit, man. Like, if Lacazette's the only striker that works hard in the Premier League, in your opinion, you haven't not watching enough games or that is incredibly wrong, man. And again, if Lacazette bags in that game or whatever, we're not going to waffle about him running and left back and stuff. We'll appreciate it. But why the man keep talking about that? Everybody should be bloody working hard. Like, it's the minimum. Really, Martin Odegaard works hard. Like, he runs about there. Saka runs about there. Smith Rowe runs about there. Come on now, people, man. Like, th there's got to be a bit of balance. There's got to be a bit of balance now. And I'm probably a bigger Lacazette fan than everyone here. Like, you can see the, you can see my receipts on my social media pages. Lacazette's a passive merchant, but uh, that's dead, bro. Kane won the ball right back in... Back, sorry, Kane won the ball back in right back the other day and proceeded to get an assist from there. If he can do it, it should be basic work rate. I'm not praising no one for working hard, bro. Like the only one I'm praising for working hard is single mothers. Like that's it. Hey, single mothers, shout me. Or just mothers in general. If you're if you're there, you can see. Come on, you can see the greasy thing. I know there's some hate bait. Burnley striker better than Laka. Who that Weg Weghorse brother or whatever. I like Lacazette. So I'm going to say Lacazette's better than him still, but it's cool. We need to get over these financial things and, you know, these financial reports. And it's a long read, people. We keep doing everything apart from that. So let's actually go over this now as well. Let's let's finally get over this. Let's get over this. Let's get over this. So big up Swiss Ramble because, again, he makes a good job not only rambling, but making sense of these financial stuff that is affecting the club it's beer. he's got beer this thread is long fuck come on broski beer things alright so that's as far as it goes fuck it this is a big up Terry for becoming a member by the way appreciative to that make sure you're hitting the like button let's start with this man obviously Arsenal we know Arsenal's finances um 
finance financials are going to have some issues. We all know we've all taken a hit. This we're still feeling the pinch of COVID and all of these sort of things. DG stands for this guy. All right, let's start with that, man. Let's start with that. Anywho's people, Arsenal's 2020-21 financial results covered a season when they finished eighth in the Premier League and reached the Europa League semi-finals under Mikel Arteta. But their finances were affected, or better yet, impacted by COVID. Some thoughts follow. Arsenal's pre-tax loss shot up from 54 million to 127 m after tax 107, as revenue dropped to 16 million, um, 5% from 344 million to 328, and profit on player sales fell um, from 48 million from 60 to 12 million. Operating expenses were cut 17 million, 4%, but bond finance break costs increase interest payable. So rising interest costs, more loans, and obviously we've take, we're taking several hits really and truly. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. Our broadcasting, our broadcasting revenue rose 55%, mainly due to deferred money from 2019-20, which offset COVID-driven reductions in match day. So everybody's feeling the pinch. Player loans slightly down. Um, commercial down again, you can see it all. Our wage bill rose as well, um, six percent to 238 million, excluding restructuring. Obviously, I don't think Obamian's thing is factored into this, um, and, and maybe a couple of other transfers dealings that we've done as well. Arsenal had 127 million loss before tax, is the second worst reported to date in the 2021 20 Premier League season, only surpassed by Chelsea and much more than Spurs. Um, others also likely to post poor results due to the pandemic, though both City and Liverpool managed to generate a £5 million profit. And I think this is one of the first times Spurs have actually got made a profit ahead of us as well, which I was reading some of this earlier. Apparently, Arsenal's results were hit by 85 million COVID impact, mainly due to playing games behind closed doors, reduced commercial income and cost of refinancing stadium debt, partly offset by deferred revenue from 2019-20 and lower costs. Nevertheless, the loss still would have been 42 million. Of course, all fo football clubs have been impacted by the effects of the pandemic. So Arsenal's post-tax 107 loss is by no means the largest. In fact, it has been beaten by three Italian clubs, which isn't good news if you're a Roma, Juventus or Inter Milan fan. Barcelona, 422 million. In fact, you can see in this graphic peak, you know, that's Arsenal. Everybody's feeling it, really. Look at everybody. Some more than others, of course. Um, scrolling all the way down, Arsenal's profit from player sales fell um, from 60 million to 12, mainly Martinez to Aston Villa. Club attributed lower profits due to the depressed transfer market, but did not help that Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates and Mkhitaryan all were released for nothing. In this period, Manchester City made 69 million quid. Arsenal have now lost money three years in a row for a combined 213 million loss each year worse than the one before. This follows 16 consecutive profitable seasons during which they had a 393 million surplus. So how you behave off the field correlates on it and your ability to bring in players. How you behave off it in terms of foresight and, and whatnot affects your ability. Because, I mean, if we're meant to be self-financing, I think we should be making more of player sales in general. One has to look at Alexis and Ramsdale you know, our academy, you know, and actually it seems like for me anyways, just generally, while we've had to watch our pennies a bit more, when we have spl uh, splashed that cash, we've been a bit, we've been a bit too reckless, man. It's brazy, it's brazy. It's absolutely brazy. I can't see how they are losing money. Been to the Emirates a few times and through the bandits charge an absolute fortune for beer and burgers, bro, and pizza. <laughs> 
Fair play, though. Fair play. So, yeah, Arsenal's player trading has a significant impact on overall profitability, as you can see here, in 20, 120 million in 2018, 60 million in 2020, and so low the 12 million in 2021 has really hurt. This year will include Joe Willett to Newcastle, but again, may many have left for free, most notably Aubameyang, where we've paid for that as well. Despite offloading many for free, Arsenal still have an impressive 213 million from player sales in the last six years, which is the third highest in the Premier League, only behind Chelsea and Liverpool people. And obviously, Liverpool's incredibly impacted with the, the, the Coutinho one, Suarez, Chelsea's academy still doing the business for them. Um, earnings before interest tax, depreciation, and automization, which strips out player sales and exceptional items, rose slightly from 41 million to 43, much lower than 2017. And it's still the fourth highest to date, people, but less than Man City, United, and Spurs. Arsenal's operating loss um, widened from 89 to 190, to, sorry, from 89 to 91 million. That's the second worst to date in the 2020 21 Premier League. To misquote Josh Cronkate, this is what happens when you play champions. To when you play Champions League, when you pay Champions League wages, but don't qualify for Europe, which again, how you your failings off the field impact on it, and your your failings on the field impact off it. So they're hand in hand, really. And our revenue has now fallen 95 million, 23 percent from 423 peak in 2017. Though this is mostly entirely due to the COVID-driven 96 million reduction in match day people, which largely bounced back with fans in the stadium. That said, while Arsenal have seen their revenue fall 23 million since 2016, their rivals have powered ahead despite the impact of the pandemic with significant growth at Liverpool, Man City and Tottenham, Chelsea. Only Man United have performed as badly as Arsenal, down 21 million. And there's a lot of similarities on the field and off the field with United, much less two big clubs underperforming. Um, our revenue remains the sixth highest in the Premier League, people. Um, and our closest challenges is Liverpool. However, they are at least 150 million below the top three clubs where you have City, Liverpool and United people. Arsenal remain 11th in this money league team, which ranks clubs globally by revenue, though they're only 9 million behind 10th place Juventus. Ivan Glazides will have not maybe noticed that Bayern Munich have 556 M's, but are over 200 million more than the Gunners. So when you look at this, yeah, we're ninth. We're better than enough teams. Ah, Sheffield United, how do you get there? You're not meant to be in this club. Anyways, the extent of Arsenal's revenue under underperformance compared to other Premier League, other elite clubs, sorry, is underlined by looking at the money league trend over the last decade. Their revenue fell from fifth in 2011 to eleventh in 2020, which you can actually see that as well. It is also it has also not have escaped Arsenal fans' attention that North London rivals Tottenham have overtaken them in terms of revenue. I mean, they got a better, they got a new stadium, really. That allegedly is better than ours. Rise up the trophy cabinets. I have to be petty and childish. Hit the like button if you haven't. The gap in 2020-21 is uh, is 33 million, mainly due to Tottenham being ahead in both broadcasting and commercial. So we need to up it. Arsenal broadcast broadcasting income rose 55% people in this period as well. Um, as 2019-20 season was extended, 34 million in revenue was booked in for 2020-21 accounts, driving 68 million year-on-year -year growth in brackets reduction in first year plus increase in second year. Clubs like Arsenal with May year end had larger venue, larger revenue deferrals, while those with, with July close had nothing deferred. Arsenal earned 29 million euros for reaching the Europa League semi-finals more than the prior season, but as we know. 
the things, the money you earn in, in the Europa League is little man peas compared to what you can get being in the champs. Arsenal have earned 189 million euros from Europe in the last five years, the lowest by far of the big six. Again, card the Champions League is the big boy box. We know our match day revenue has fallen, people. It's fallen to just four million as all home games were played in this period because it was behind closed doors. Um, as matches were played without fans, Arsenal lost a key revenue stream, putting them at a big disadvantage compared to others. To illustrate the importance of matchday revenue, it accounted for 23% of the club's revenue in 2019-20 and the second highest in the Premier League. As we know, despite our inconsistencies on the field, we've been very consistent in charging some of the most expensive prices in the land. So it's no coincidence to go with this, people, really. Um, our average attendance was the fourth highest in the Premier League. The club has obviously announced that by 4% prices will go up. But to be fair to the club, they have tried their best to make concessions, especially for young players. Our commercial revenue fell 6%, though it still has grown in the last two years, thanks to obviously renewing the, 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 the Emirates deal and obviously the Adidas team, while others have seen decreases. So, yeah, that's one thing we're doing better than Chelsea at commercially, you know, fair play. There's obviously good news, but even after this growth, Arsenal's commercial income is still sixth in the in England, or around half of Man City's. I mean, when you know when you're being backed by a state, there's all funny little dealings you can do in the owner's homeland and things. So, uh, to be fair, we should be doing up things in America, but it is what it is, people. You know, we're behind. We're doing a bit of Amazon. Arsenal's main commercial deals improved in 2019-20. The Emirates sponsorship was extended at 40 million. Well, our Adidas supplier obviously is twice that of the of the Puma thing. And actually, one thing I like is big up Adidas. When you wash these kits, they flip and stay in, they stay intact. You know, the Puma one started breaking and, and whatnot. Our wage bill rose. I mean, what can you do about rising costs? Fifth highest in England, but it's far below the top four clubs. I mean, United I swear they have to be top or near it. You know, because they're giving Varane big boy peas despite talking about the transfer fee and whatnot. But yeah, United City, Chelsea to be expected, Liverpool to be expected. You know what? That's, there's consistency in that. It's to be expected. Arsenal's wage turnover ratio increased from 66% to 73 the highest of many years, worse than most leading clubs. Tottenham with up with 57% was the only exception. Fair enough. Arsenal's highest paid directors increased from 435k to 491k while total doubled fair enough scrolling down apparently our depreciation was flat this non-cash expense is often overlooked but worth noting that arsenal have the second highest in the premier league due to the emirates stadium only surpassed by spurs who obviously had a new training ground arsenal made 115 million player purchases mainly Partey from atletico gabriel from Lille, plus agent fees for william and cedric and obviously we splashed out this summer as well people in fact arsenal's 363 million net transfer spending five years up to 2020 was more than liverpool's who won the premier league and champions league in this period though a lot less than man city and man united it's our sixth highest we're sixth highest for gross spend Arsenal's growth debt was unchanged, where obviously through the bonds were redeemed and replaced by a new loan to Stan Kroenke, which has been repayable on a two-year notice. So, boy, it is what it is. Arsenal's gross debt is the seventh highest in the Premier League, a long way behind Tottenham's and obviously United's. Arsenal's interest payment increased. Fair enough. Arsenal's player purchases are largely funded by higher transfer debt, though this was reduced... 
from 154 million to 133 million, around the same as Manchester United. The highest in the Premier League is Tottenham's. Arsenal are owed 33 million by other clubs, so the net transfer fee payable is 100 million. We had a 98 million operating cost, became 50 million cash flow after adding back certain things. Okay. As a result, Arsenal's cash balance fell. So it sounded, I'm not accountant, but it's sounding like a mixed bag. It's sounding like a mixed bag, people. In the last 10 years, Arsenal had over 1 billion available cash, 708 million from operations, 211 owner fund, million from owner funding, and 142 decrease in cash balance. Around half was spent on players, in brackets net, but also repaid 274M of loans and made 139M interest payments, plus obviously other finances. In 10 years, up until Kronke had only put... In 10 years, up until 2020, Stan Kronke had only put... 15 million into funding Arsenal apart from buying the club, but as now has provided 211 million in loans. Other owners have been more generous, albeit with mixed results City, Villa, Chelsea, and Everton. I mean, apart from Everton, I'd say money well spent, really. And that's because Everton doing dumb shit 50 million on 50 million on Sigurdsson, 30 odd on the Wobby. You don't want nice things if you're buying me, man, like this. So, I mean, Kronke's living from a business proposite point of view. He's absolutely living with this football club, Arsenal. I don't know if fans would agree. Arsenal, we know Arsenal are fine in terms of financial fair play. Obviously, Arsenal's huge. 127 million loss is not great, but there are some positive signs. Matchday income should return to pre-pandemic levels. The wage bill will fall after many high-profile departures. Not if we bring in more duds, which hopefully that's not the case. And there will be no repeat of once of once-off debt refinancing, which will have lower interest payments. Arsenal's 2021 loss was clearly driven by COVID, but significant investment in the squad also played a part. Our return to a sustainable model is very dependent on European qualification, preferably the lucrative Champions League and profitable player trading. So, yeah, that's that, that's that where the finances and all them things that are concerned. Shout out to Swiss Ramble because he, he he puts it in a way that, for me anyways, as someone who's not no accountant can make sense of it, if I'm honest with you. Looks like we're trying to break even, even with the 4% season ticket in, um, interest, but we need to make a commission on players we sell, though we do. And you need to do better in that. But at the same time, you know what more? What more can what more can you say? It's a it's a business. You know, if you have a business, I have a business. You're gonna pass on cost, cost to your customer. You want to print in the green. All that matters is the net. You know, you need to keep money, keep money in, stop money going out. You know, you need to make more money than you lose. Rio Ferdinand said, when you ask what he's like and someone says, oh, he works hard, you know that tells me you're dead. You're rubbish. That tells me you've got no other attributes that stand out. Exactly. You know, when man say he works hard, he puts a shift in. Like, dead. I don't agree with Rio on a lot. I actually find Rio quite jarring to listen to, really and truly. But he's got something in that, man. I mean, I've been Emirates with my own food, but like, I swear you look so. I, I remember people were laughing at me on my Instagram. I come in there with my mac and cheese, with planting, with jerk chicken. Just obviously, there's a yard shop. I'm coming with everything, everything. Hella, hella plastic. Got like, I'm doing my thing, man. Can't stop me. You can bring your own stuff in. It's crazy, man. Considering the pandemic, this sounds like we've been relatively sustainable. Unfortunately, it's, it's clear a result of years of lack of investment. S, you put it perfectly there. Shout yourself, Marcel. Hope you're still on the high from obviously seeing your team 
defeat the pagans and whatnot. But you're right, man. You know, clearly COVID impacted everyone and we saw that loss and we've had to make smart decisions and began to make smart decisions. So hopefully, this is why European football is, is needed, specifically the Champions League. I would say we need to be back in Europe in any capacity because even though, as you saw, Europa League was crumbs comparing to what you make in the Champions League, boy, you'd rather, when you're hungry, crumbs is better than nothing. So... As I keep saying, the direct failures off the, on the field are going to impact what's going on off it. Your direct failures off it, investing, bringing in strikers, midfielders, addressing areas before they become problems, foresight, it's going to affect on it. So, boy, it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. We, we, you've kind of you've said it all there. On that topic, though, we can finally look at some Arsenal transfer news, man. There's talk of Lewandowski, Lal. We know we're not getting him. There's even though his contract is up uh, in 2023. There's talk of the baller who you know with Mbappe, Pogba, these guys. He could be someone that's available considering it looks like Juventus have shagged him. I mean, we should have been getting the baller from his Perlo, from his, from his Palermo days. Lewandowski, we love both of you at the club. I think the baller end up going Barcelona. You know. Why not get a small, diminutive, left-footed Argentine? What could go wrong, really? But yeah, for what it's worth, I mean, Dybala scores goals, but he's not a goal scorer. He's not specifically what we need, but it goes without saying I'm taking him. Lewandowski, if you're ever crazy enough to sign for Arsenal at this stage in your career, why not? You've actually saw today he's considering a move to Atletico. I think the bulk of the Lewandowski links is evidently because he's contracted until 2023. I think you all saw the reports how... I think the, the, some higher-ups at Bayern Munich were saying they want to keep him and Lewandowski gave an interview and said, oh, really, that's news. Allegedly, they ain't even started contract talk. So I don't know what's going on with them. Considering they got him for free and he, and he was great, I'm sure he might have their blessing to leave. But a club like Bayern Munich, they need to make peas. And obviously, Bayern Munich, you're hearing, funny enough, they're having... You know, they're having financial problems and stuff of their of their own accord with trying to deal with negotiations of renegotiations re of contracts. So you'd imagine someone big needs to leave, you know, surely and truly, really and truly. It's a bit like Barca. Obviously, they wanted to keep Messi, but Messi again helps the financial situation. Liverpool, I don't know if, you know, people can reduce terms. I think the one they'll bet on is giving Salah whatever he wants and then Mane will probably have to keep it moving. You go back to us, we probably shouldn't have given Ozil and Wenger said not to give Ozil that, but, you know, we was never going to give Alexis and Ozil them big contracts. So I I think that's this is just a byproduct to go with Arsenal needing a striker. I think someone's just been creative in the articles and whatnot. I, of course, for me personally, if there ever is a case, Lewandowski would be quality. You know, it goes it goes without saying. The man scores goals. He speaks about how Henri was one of his favourite dons. The man scores goals. I don't think people... I, I think like Lewandowski, sorry, he's got a lot to his game. He works hard like Lacazette. He can lick in a free kick. He might not be blessed for pace, but he can move. And obviously, he can score goals. So, short and sweet, who wouldn't want Lewandowski? Like we're literally a striker away from winning the Champions League or title. Yeah, then yeah, but we're not. So no point giving him all that money and time. Right now, Lewandowski is not what we need. We're not challenging for anything. So it makes no sense. Doesn't fit the long-term project we have. I mean, you know, there's always exceptions to the rules is what I, is what I would say. And I mean, if Lewandowski is something we don't need... Then I don't know. Even for even 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 though he's thirty three, even for eighteen months a year, of course you like you said though, you got to be careful about the finances. But you know, if age isn't a problem for him and it can be done, why not? But again, I don't believe in the rumors because he's you know from back from from a few months ago he said he's open to going Spain, he's open to going England. You know what? If I was too cool, thirty three year old, you saw what Tiago Silva could do. 
I'm not too sure on the wages he would get, but I might just try a thing. I hope Chelsea. I I wouldn't want Chelsea to do that, but I'd rather Chelsea do it than Spurs. I can't say no to a striker that's got 28 goals in 24 games in the league, nine and seven in 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 UEFA Champions League. Of course, you're not going to get that much service at Arsenal, mate. But it is what it is. Even just by typing in his name, people, he's open to anything as the contract runs down. As I said just now, he's been linked with Atletico Madrid, and he's also been linked with a whole host of clubs, man. If Mbappe goes Madrid, should Arsenal snatch Adeniemi? We should try to get him anyways, but it seems like he's going to Borussia Dortmund. So it is what it is. First one on Lewandowski. Lewandowski admits he is open to everything this summer as his Bayern Munich contract um, enters its final year. He's been linked with Real Madrid as well, as I've said. You know, he'll have a whole host of... Shout out to Pogba. He'll have a whole host of thingy, man. You know, he'll have a whole host of clubs. If you want to say, if you're crazy enough to sign for Arsenal, why not? But it's not going to happen. If it was just based on ability, I'm all for it. But we're going to have to give him something stupid, which, again, we've seen it's not going to... It doesn't make sense. If you could give him an 18-month contract on respectable terms with an option of another year on, again, respectable terms that aren't going to kill the club, I'm all for it. If it's just a case of answering the question on ability, I'm all for it. But we've seen how this one goes. And again, it's not just what he will do in 18 months. It's... What is he going to be beyond that? It all depends what's going to happen with him. If I'm Real Madrid, I might take a chance, but he's not providing too much longevity. So I don't know. Maybe he'll have to calm his, his demands down because he's not flavour of the month, really and truly. If he becomes available, bear people be on to him. But Vlahovic is gone. Seems like everybody's trying to get Haaland and Mbappe. Then if you can't get one of them, you'll look at other things. Um, the man lives, breathes and eats goals. But he said, I'm open to everything. I'm quiet. It's important for me to be able to focus on my game always on what can happen in the last match. Everything that remains to be done regarding contracts is a secondary issue and remains in the background. Um, Lewandowski also insisted he was concentrating solely on his game rather than negotiating. So this is someone that wants to keep it moving. He's determined to finish his career with Real Madrid, allegedly. I wouldn't begrudge him. All you've known for a while is Bundesliga. I can't begrudge you for wanting to experience the Premier League, allegedly, allegedly or La Liga or whatever in it people so it is what it is um so yeah i don't think this is happening but for what it's worth let's start here gunners battle premier league rivals for Lewandowski following breakdown in contract talks you know just just the same formula saw us link with ganabri people so you got to take it with a pinch of salt but arsenal are a number of clubs who may pursue a move for Bayern munich superstar Lewandowski. Great. Obviously, Romano said over the weekend that there's issues. It's for Arsenal could be primed to make a move for the Polish striker this summer. They haven't even been bothered to write here. Arteta is in love with the striker, like they normally say. He's turning 34 in the summer. And Bayern Munich, rightly so, are hesitant to tie him down. I would be looking for an 18-month, maybe a year with an extension. If I'm Lewandowski, I'm trying to get a two-year deal somewhere. I'm trying to seal on big boy peas. And, you know, the, every big European team will be open to him. You know, it'd be stupid for United to buy him, really, because they said they wanted a younger one, but they've shown they'll buy a pensioner striker. City might say, do you know what, I'll have you for a couple of years or 18 months or so, you know, you look at Fernandinho and Thiago Silva, someone looks after themselves, and Aubameyang really in the last 18 months, and he's got back to it at Barca, you know, you can't just write a man off because of age, PSG, he might get linked with them, who knows, it's going to be an interesting one, these 2023 contracts, you know, Bayern Munich might just say, do you know what, let's keep him for a year, run down your deal, do what you're doing really, and then if you keep scoring goals, we might revisit that, if not, then it is, well, it is really, but yeah, man, I don't think we're, you know, in terms of longevity, he's not going to do that. But, uh, you 
I'd rather do things, give guys like this piece rather than do the silly things like with William. But we, away from quality, it's a myth. Lewandowski has previously suggested he would be open to a move to the Premier League and Arsenal seems the most natural fit at the current time. I mean, whoever this article done is, it's just, it, it's a myth, isn't it, really? Like, Ed, Ed Mc, Mc Cambridge, there's just the fact that Arsenal need a striker, that's the only thing that's been... I've not seen Edu's name. I've not seen Arteta's name. It's just very creative people. Like, it's not said anything, really. So, fair play. That's where we're going to stop there. Um, don't know what this is, but I think there was a report linking us and Manchester United in terms of a bidding war for Fabian Ruiz. Apparently, is there is this the auction ready for June? For June, Because Fabian Ruiz seems to be in the last 16 months with Napoli. It's guys like this that I feel, if you get the Champions League, you could do, you could do a thing, really and truly. Because... If I'm him, I would be open to joining Arsenal, United, any of these Premier League clubs with with or without necessarily them getting Champions League football. But my priority would be a move back to my homeland, Real Madrid, Barcelona, these sort of things. My priority would be to play in the Champions League. My priority would be to do it this summer because there's a World Cup in the winter. But also considering it's a risk to move in a World Cup year, you might need to adapt to your team and whatnot. Considering Napoli might very well, they got a chance to win the league and also be in the Champions League. It could be worth staying at Napoli, running down your deal, keep doing what you're doing and things like that. Everything's in up, up in air, people. You know, allegedly he wants Barcelona and Madrid. The PSG have been onto him as well. Given that in recent weeks, there was also talk of Manchester United and Arsenal, also because Ruiz's salary is still much lower than other players of his calibre. He's around 2.5 million euros. He has never renewed since landing in Napoli. He signed a five-year deal, so he always knew what was happening. Fabian Ruiz has a, has a present as a leader. Blah, 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 blah. Real Madrid may be interested. But again, you hear they don't want to do anything until they pattern Mbappe. So for Fabian Ruiz is just the same as Bissouma, Ruiz, Costa, Telemans, these 10, 2023 contracts. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, what's this? Arteta back to make Alexander Lacazette U-turn. What's all of this? Arteta has been back to make a U-turn on Lacazette's contract following the French strikers' impressive performances. Not sure if that's the right one. He has only scored five goals in all comps, but still played a key part in Arsenal's turnaround. Lacazette will be at the heart of that fight, having been named captain. Eddie Nketiah is the only senior striker left. And both him and Lacazette are out of contract. I mean, the athletic, we previously saw any contract talks with Lacazette will be held off. So, a bit of a shit article, really. Like, it's not really saying anything. Got done by the clickbait. I mean, I, I mean, you could see here, Lewandowski open to Atletico move. Pardon me. There was some Arsenal-related stuff here as well. Arsenal and whatnot remain interested in Ruiz. Apparently, they're saying for, for Jonathan David, 46 million quid. Based on the last two games I saw you, you played against Chelsea. And who did Leo play? Was it Leo against Leon? You didn't do amazing. I'm on taking Jonathan David to be part of the squad for a decent price. If you could, I think you could get a serious, not that he isn't, but a, you know, a striker that's ready to do this thing right now. And he would be good in the squad. I don't think he's ready to... I think you can make an intermediate step. I don't know if you're ready to be. I wouldn't have you as the number nine right now, you know, to lead, like, leading the line week in, week out. I think, you know, you win a lot of fouls. You drop into midfield. You're a confident lad. But I don't, I think you need to develop a bit more. I think you need that intermediate step. That's either maybe going to Dortmund or something like that or joining us and not necessarily being our first choice striker. And again, I think Leo are puffing out their chest with 46 mil. I think we need to divide that down a bit. 
um, if I'm honest with you. Um, as I said, allegedly, Arsenal and United remain interested in Ruiz. He's only earning 50 million euros, which um, every club could make it. United could definitely give you better better peas than that. We could definitely sort you out there. Uh, so that's that. We don't need that. Uh, Stan Kroenke still has unwavering support and commitment to Arsenal despite huge financial losses. I mean, you've only invested 15 million and you get to use this club as collateral to fund your NFL dream where you got to the Super Bowl and it's part of your family dynasty. It's just nothing more than an asset on a balance sheet, really. So uh, you're gonna, you know, it's, 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 it's unwavering support and commitment to yourself. Um, we spoke about Arsenal's finances and whatnot, people. So yeah, I don't I don't really want to just see this man's face. So we won't carry on with that. I mean, we spoke about I think we spoke about this yesterday. We was linked with Enzo, Enzo Perez, allegedly people. So there's that. We've also been linked with Dybala. Gunners could sensationally land Dybala ahead of Tottenham, who where he's been linked with. I wouldn't mind that at all, but these sort of guys, they're probably going to leverage Arsenal and Tottenham's interest to sign for a bigger club or to stay at the old lady at Juventus. Arsenal could be about to pit Tottenham for Dybala this summer. The Gunners having rivaled their neighbours for Vlahovic and Kulisevsky. Tottenham won the battle for Kulisevsky. Nobody won for Vlahovic, people. Um, according to the Spanish outlet, you know, Argentinian national playing in Italy. Spanish, Spanish publication linking English clubs to him. Obviously, football is crosses borders and that. But I always find it, you know, if for me, when I don't see the, the, the main story come out of the country in question or where the person lives or the major impact. I always question it. But anyways, according to the Spanish outlet, there are five Premier League teams who want to sign the 28-year-old. Tottenham, Arsenal. Then you obviously have... I thought you'd have Liverpool there, but you've got United, City and Chelsea. The latter three don't seem like likely destinations. However, Chelsea are stacked with riches in attack and are trying to reduce their ways, Bill. United have already a predicament of too many strikers and City have Julian Alvarez to join the, the squad. While Dybala isn't the natural nine. And this is what I'm saying. He's, he's more of a 10 and we, we're, you know, we're all right there. But I'm not saying no to Dybala. And I don't think Spurs will either. So read into that what you will, people. What, what's all of this? Arsenal discover Jonathan David transfer condition with Lille. Star determined to move. And I mean, we just saw some crazy price tag. Um, Boy, we'll see in it. He's determined to leave Leo this summer. We know this. His agent's been saying it. You know, he doesn't shut up about it. You know, he's been doing all right. To be fair, Leo stand to make a decent profit on their 25 million. I'd give, I'd, I'd say about 40-ish would be it. 40-ish in total would be it for me. But it, I don't know, man. He's a fan of David. We heard, we did hear that Edu met his representatives. You know, Edu, I'm expecting him and telling him as you spoke with them. You, you know, you spoke with them in recent months. So why not, people? Jonathan David wants to leave Leon the summer. No release clause. Sources expect a price tag of 45 to 55 million euros. His new club should play Champions League football. So, yeah, man, he looks too expensive for the Bundesliga. It doesn't seem to be linked with clubs playing in playing in Spain. So this could be it. What happened to Ribery? Fuck, you know, another car crash. Hope he's all right, man. You know, that's the whole reason he's got a scar on his face. You know, PTSD and shit. That's quite sad, man. Thoughts are with Ribery. Uh, apparently, Arsenal rule out emotional Arsene Wenger return following Arteta talks last a year. Can you stop? 
Arsenal have ruled out Arsene Wenger returning to the club following talks with their former manager last year. As you know, Mikel, uh, Mikel Arteta hasn't been shy in saying he would like Wenger back in some capacity. Arteta said last year that he wanted Wenger to return to Arsenal in some capacity and that he wanted him to be much closer, where Wenger himself said, we don't need artificial positions. While I, I I like the idea of Wenger being there, I think there's a lot of expertise. I also think it could be a great idea. I also think it might not be because, you know, there's still raw emotion. The fact of, you know, he's still a larger-than-life character, you know. I don't think he would interfere with Arteta, but he knows more about football and management than Arteta. Arteta, you know, he's been probably managing more years than Arteta's even known about ball, you know. So he might think, you know, he might overbear on Arteta. And when you've got a larger-than-life, it's like Ferguson being still being involved at United, really and truly. Anytime you've got a great guy's presence there, it affects everything. And for me... It's just like Wenger used to say, we can't have artificial positions. By all means, if you're going to make man an ambassador, he deserves that. But if we're talking something away from that, I don't know. And he said there'd be... We, listen, we spoke... We, we heard Arteta speak about him at the Invincibles press conference and stuff. But I want to know the specifics. Apparently... Arsenal have no plans for Wenger to return. In a meeting with supporters at a recent fans forum, Vinay Ventakasham was asked if there had been any communication between the club legend and, 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 and the club um, and whatnot. The minutes emerged of the meeting said, Vinay responded that there's nothing but love and admiration for Arsene from the club. He's always welcome here. But of course, with his new role at FIFA, he's in Zurich and travelling much of the time. There are no plans for a formal role. He believes Mikel was responding to the media, asking if he'd like him to be around, which of course he would. So probably was that. Um, and we've already spoken about that, which again, you can see I read a lot, do a lot trying to get the talking points for you guys. So with that, that's the... That's, that's the transfer news, people. Really, really, and really and truly. Finger will not return. What's the minutes on that now? Speaking of minutes, that's one, two, five, forty. Don't forget, people. My final live stream for today will be the Copper Italia Milan derby. That's on Twitch from seven thirty. Um, what are you lot saying? Dabala wants three hundred k a week. Good luck with that. Trust. Well, go on, my guy. Hope you're doing well. Moise Keane sold everyone a dream once upon a time. Oh, and Konku would be lit, man. The man can't stop scoring. Even without the goals, you know, I just think he's playing good. Who wouldn't want Konku, man? But, boy, is what it is. I don't know if Balogun is ready, but I'd still want another two with him in the wings. And that's the thing. Balogun's is a, Balogun's a precarious situation because you're kind of conflicted with what you do in the summer because at least for the first few weeks, if I'm a manager on one hand, I want to keep him around because we ain't got no one. I might only bring in one striker and that might present a, 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 an opportunity for him. But in terms of development, regardless of the club situation, it might be best him staying at the club if he shows his level at Borough. It might be best him going out on loan again from the start, which I think he should do August till May. Go out, obviously, with disregarding what I've said for a sec, go out on loan, go and play. I do like how you're away from the Arsenal situation because Arsenal's a volatile thing. The same guys that were banging on for him to play, the minute he got his start against Brentford, out of his depth, in the cup, out of his depth. I'm not criticising him for being out of his depth. Like I said, if he wants to be, if you want to be an Olympic swinger, swimmer, you're going to drown at some point in the water. You can't say this guy's got potential and be surprised when he's playing against some grown men where it's real defending needed now, not this silly little 23s business where you're doing nonsense. He's struggling. He's trying 23s things that don't bang. Even the Middlesbrough game against United, he did all right. But, you know, you could see bits... 
talking. It was clipped up on Twitter. Chris Wilder absolutely going mad at him, like, and as you should. Slightly, when he got subbed in that game, they looked a bit better. So he's still learning. It might be right to just send him out on loan again. But how much can you do that? Because you know Arteta is begging Eddie to stay. The writing's on the wall. Lacazette, I think the writing is on the wall. You know, Operation Martinelli through the middle is a thing, but. I don't know. Balogun is a peculiar one, really and truly. And it's one that, in my opinion, should be approached without emotion. Because once you got past the euphoria and that, you know, you signed a big contract. I think he's on the he's on 30k a week. Balogun's agent, he's the same as Saka and that. Great. But once you got through through that euphoria, and he also signed a new deal around the time Smith Rowe and, and Teeny did, he got promoted to the first team, a new squad number. You know, Balogun loves the social media. You know, he got his fancy pictures and that at the Emirates. Once you got past all of that, it was never going to be the Saka Smith Rowe thing right now, you know. And I think even them two names, Smith Rowe was around the first team in for a while. Went out on loan. You know, remember he started Everton away, looked out of his depth, went out to Middles to Huddersfield. Finally got his chance tail end the last year. Saka, you know, his his he took a bit longer. Saka just, you know, just straight. So two different trajectories. Everybody develops at different rates. Certain people will come on the scene, bad it up, and then struggle. Certain people might struggle from the jump. Everyone's developing at different rates. So you know, just I'd, I I like how for me they're out of weight, they're out of the hype in it. You know, every game that comes, you're seeing it with experienced players. Arsenal either the best or the worst. The same goes for the young ones. There's still pressure at Middlesbrough. He's still got to do the business. It's not a happy go lucky thing. One part of me does wish Balogun signed a new deal a year before he did because he would have probably went out. The the times he was linked with Sheffield United that year, he should have went out on loan. Obviously, we're not going to loan a man out at the time with what was going on really so it is what it is well if you've been saying eddie and and ed arteta and eddie will run lower down all transfer window only to be finessed once again to be fair we ran odegaard down and he's and he and he and he stayed shoddy journalism trust me that's why i always say don't shoot the messenger i know half of these rumors are bs but it's something to talk about with you lot you know, the other day, the other day, someone's like, oh, we're still talking about that, bro. What do you want us to do, man? We've reviewed the Premier League. We've doing hella things. And one of these guys, one of these things might be right. And you're right about this. At this point, Arsenal transfer rumours are copy-paste, same things with new players' names. Trust. And the new, well, not in there, but you say Arteta is in love with the player or Edu has spoken to his agents. Reckon we get Ezek and one more? I personally don't think we'll get two strikers, you know. I think where well, there's more hope of we sign a big boy striker, that word subjective and Lacazette new deal. But you've said, reckon we'll get Isaac plus one more, Eddie to leave, Lacazette them for one year. What do you think who we get? No clue on who we get because we're punching and you've got to put the P's down. And as you know, it's I do think Eddie and that, they need to have targets, you know. If we get Champions League, you're going to get this. Europa League, you're going to get this. Targets where it's not that it doesn't matter, but... If you don't get them, it's not necessarily where you've placed in the table. And I call it Operation Doomsday. If everything goes to goes down the toilet and goes goes to goes to goes goes to shit, which God forbid it doesn't, and where with no Europe again, who are you getting? You need to know what you're doing. Even the players that are saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'm coming, bro." How many of you have got friends? Yeah, hey, bro. What time? I'm coming. I'm, I swear down, I'm gonna be there. Gets to the time, they're not there. You know, promises our comfort to a fool until we dot I's and cross T's. It happens. I'm sure there's, you know, look at William. He told Spurs, yo, I'm, I'm signing for you, man. You know, I'm coming. The minute he got a call, do, 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 do. this is Chelsea. Yeah, I am coming back for the medical. I just need to fucking top up my oyster. I'm coming back. My man, 
bust out. These things happen. I, as much as the, we get onto the club for going for Vlahovic and stuff, one thing I'll give Arsenal, whether it was misplaced or not or wrong or not, if there is some encouragement, Arsenal only do these things if there's crazy encouragement. So there must have been, whether they were taken around the houses, whether they were lied to with Lahavich, there must have been something, some sort of encouragement. On one hand, you shouldn't be chasing someone that's told you from October or them times not to sign, but there is something. My point being, these things are going to happen. You're going to think you've got a deal done and you have to change it. And I, I said it all the time. I don't care for any of that. You know, I don't want to see in September in the Athletic how we tried to do this and that and we couldn't get it done, really. But... I think it's a one and done thing, man. I would like two strikers. I don't know, but I think we've got more luck of, you know, just a one and then money invested elsewhere. If it was a case of one and Lacazette staying on um, staying on a one-year deal or something, I'm for that, to be fair with you. I'd rather keep Lacazette than Eddie. Or in fact, as much as... That's if we're talking about for Arsenal. If we're talking for peas and that, I'd rather keep Eddie and Ketia because he might very well not make it at Arsenal, but you sign him to a new deal where you're protected. You go out on loan for a couple of years. You know, all I need for you is to do the Brewster thing at Swansea or something or a Tammy Abraham championship season and then you can get a decent fee for him. You know, we should have been in a scenario where Eddie gives you 15 million or something around that, which will say, all right, cool, you can leave with your head held high. 75 odd appearances, not really too many starts or goals, but 75 odd appearances, 70 odd appearances for Arsenal come through Halen safe. I think that's where I need Arsenal to change. Not everybody's going to do the Saka thing and Smith Road thing. Some men are going to be a part of our team for a couple of years. Some men are going to come through the first team and immediately we're going to see you're not levels. Uh, and we just need to make peace. You know, you should be able to make peace on Nelson. You should be able to make peace on Eddie. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, there was 20 million there. There were People were begging to get zanked. Now he's gone to Roma, stunk up the place, got a year left on his deal when he comes back. He might stay, he might go. I don't know what's going on there. You know, fair enough. We did accept bids for Eddie. Eddie said, "Hang on, bad. I'm I'm trying to run down my deal. We should have been signing him to a new deal time ago, but we're paying for our lack of proactiveness, which I hope Eddie and Arteta are able to put right and change that culture and all those sort of things, man." The press really like to stir the pot with these transfers. Charles like to stir it, man. After 18 months of Nunes, Isaac, Felix, Valovic, Haaland, and Mbappe. Ain't going to be available. It's going to be a side man that we're going to get like Morata. I'm going to be a long-term striker for three, four years. This guy. Lava is a, Lava Doski is a myth, but that's one few players you can actually can take a team to the next level single-handedly. We're not getting lower. Going to have to offer some someone silly wages, trust. I don't know what I'm going for Benzema, but boy. Man are saying no to a proven goals. It's brazy filthy. It's filthy, bro. It's filthy, man. I do think Arsenal fans, we get very giggity over the age thing, like he's done for and that. And I think, I'm not going to lie, Arsenal, it's probably been, been been rang true. But I think other teams have showed that, you know, there's exceptions to the rule and that smash the like button if you have an 145 likes. Man said he's that friend. You see, there's that man dead. Like, shout out Risto. I know you're listening because you always support the thing on my streams. You're that guy. Unless it's the Yardman dances. This guy's unreliable, bro, from football to that. Smash the likes, man. Jonathan David gives me lack of eyes, bro. Maybe I'm bugging. That's why I'm thinking for the squad. For the, I'm taking Jonathan David for the squad, but I haven't seen enough to say you're going to take us forward. And I think if that's what we're going to go down, then I think fans need to give the guys time, really. Not saying that you should be acceptable, but if you're going to get Jonathan David or Isaac, 
they're going to find it very tough in the first six months. They're going to be hot and cold. The same way they might score 10 goals in 10 games. They might do the Ronaldo thing at this moment in time. They're still learning. They're not the finished article. Their footballing IQ, forget Arsenal for a sec, their footballing IQ is not there yet. They're still learning. As crazy as Vlahovic is, Vlahovic is still learning. He's probably the best place to be under Allegri. What's happening with Saliba? Last they said is new deals, new deal and might be involved next season. One of the best things Arteta has done is build a team that doesn't have one standout superstar. I hope that continues so we don't need to beg anyone to say, well, I don't know, because people make themselves superstars if Martinelli and et cetera develop. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily a choice of Arteta. You know, half the guys, you know, sometimes it's like we're punching off. You think if you don't offer Arteta some serious names, he's not going to take that. Like I said, man, they say Mighty Ducks, broski. Tyrese John Jules is at Sheffield Wednesday on loan, currently injured. Balogun Defo needs another year in the championship or at least a lower Prem team. They don't have that right now. And even that, really, how often were they playing? Or oh, for Saka, there's an exception. But Smith Rowan, how often are you playing in the Cups? We've been here with Eddie, man. He's, and Joe Willock and Nelson and that. The man there play the occasional group stage game. FA Cup, Carling Cup, man, start doing all of that. And then it's dead. Like I remember the game against Blackpool. I'm watching them and I'm like, you, man, shouldn't even be here. You know, even Saka at times when he was doing up checker trade trophy when they're on the right wing with the with the green vapors, like you man, it don't help you doing this. You need to be playing every week against these lot, man. Don't forget to smash the like button or unexpected high bills for you, man. Tell them again. Striker and centre back are the hardest positions for young men to thrive, but people don't want to throw Balor and Saliba straight in while expecting top four myth. They can't have everything, man. Watched Sasha Dad recently. Is that really ain't it? Definitely not worth 70 M's. Exciting prospect, though. What's with the manager's attraction to Isaac? He looks physically built like Sonogo. I mean, his builder, slender build. I hear that, but I mean, you know, I got, if he wants him, he wants him. I think people overhype Isaac. I like Isaac a lot. I'm taking him. I can't lie, but I've never seen somebody get so much hype for miss like having an awobi s shot that's going off target that deflects into the back of the goal man saying he had an amazing euros that i think he's good but come on now and that's and i think arsenal every fans must do it but arsenal fans one of our dangers i think when we get linked with a player and especially when it looks like they're coming we start putting them on a level they're not like saying they can do this that and the third to be fair i'm taking Colin gallagher man I think having Eddie and Balogun in the squad at the same time actually hurt them both. It does. It does. It does. Because Balogun's not ahead of Eddie. Eddie's clearly been exposed to first team more. Eddie's not. Eddie's not playing. But at the same time, this is where, for me, I can't lie, I see that as 40, 20 to 40 million. Like, 30 to 40 million. Them man should have been developed and loaned out to a point where they're making bread. Now, with Balogun, he's tied down. So, if he develops here, he develops here. If not, if not. To be fair, Heskey wasn't a bad baller, really. He wasn't amazing, but, you know, I've always found that weird when people use the Heskey thing as an insult. I don't know where this thing woke up that Heskey was shit one day or he was a joke, man. And that's true, you know. It's nice to see we got fined for making comments about referees and Everton get an apology. Don't think an apology helps them. It's crazy. What else have we got? Is there anything else Arsenal-related, folks, that we may be missing? Craig Pawson's the referee for Watford, so, you know, fuckery's happening in that game. Would you take Chan at Arsenal? Nah. 
Bro, Heskey, bro. <laughs> Half the things that man are whining, you know, that man bred Lacazette for, they would have loved Heskey, bro. Like, bro, Isaac's got potential. DG up front at the eye. I ain't a striker. I'm not a back to go striker. I'll do the Lacazette thing. I'm getting into midfield, but the difference is I'm staying into midfield, but I ain't got the lungs for that. <laughs> 10 roting, 10 roting, 10 roting. Apparently, Odegaard turned down a new contract. Where? That's what, what, To be fair, I like the proactiveness, but where did Odegaard turn down a new deal? Talking about my football manager thing? <laughs> well, in that game, he turned down the new deal. And I saw someone coming. Oh my god, why would why would Odegaard why would Odegaard turn down the deal? He's happy in London. He's this, that, and the third. I, I looked at the comment. I was like, bro, have you have you read before you typed in this paragraph? Have you read? Because it says football manager live stream. It says Arsenal 28-29 season. We're in 2022. Are man stopping and thinking? So if you're talking about that, I think you got twang, Josh. Really, if that's the case. We'll have to see, man. Eddie drops his phone in the toilet since that hat-trick in the League Cup. The thing don't work. <laughs> the phone thing, I mean, I, I thought I was deluded, man. I thought I was deluded. I love for that. I didn't even know Lewandowski's name spelled incorrectly there. We're going to get that put in now. Good looking out, mate. Good looking out. Let's get that in there. So, yeah, man. Man said he went from EE -E to gift gaff. <clears throat> bro. bro, sorry if it's a personal question, but how does the whole of Halen follow you on Insta? DG is the future you've coached. I wouldn't say that. I mean, they. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Everybody's free to follow what they're following. Really. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never noticed really and truly, you know. Maybe they see I'm probably the only guy on YouTube, probably a couple others speaking about the youth football. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Thanks for the follows for anyone, though. They fucking with the real, man. They fucking with the real. Who's following me? I don't know. I don't check his stuff. I'm having doubts over Eddie. We're playing good, but I don't want that January window to come back and buy us the best club, have the best negotiators. You said it, and so am I, man. I don't, I mean, it's difficult to judge Eddie because I don't know what you're doing and not doing. And we heard there was no money and whatnot, but. As you said, January, on one hand, I somewhat don't care. You know, in the same way, I have a great sympathy for Arteta when, you know, things go wrong. And by all means, you hold him accountable. But there's a lot of systemic issues at the club and things. But on the other hand, I don't care because it's a results game business. You knew the role you're walking into. so And it's the same with Edu. When I hear that Kronke is not making money available, you're agreeing at an Arthur Mello thing and they're saying, no, I have sympathy. But on the same hand, I don't care. This is where you get your peas. This is what's going on. We knew what January was required. The best guys might utilise the loan market or call certain guys and, and make something happen. So there's no excuses to a degree. And to a degree, I've got a lack of confidence in Edu. I know he. you have to give him his hails up because he was part of, of the summer. But what the, the same articles that the that the club leaked stuff to the the, the athletic half these guys they might have been they might have performed, but you wanted Emerson Royal, Arteta wanted Tommy Asu, Arteta wanted Ben White, Arteta didn't want Neto, you know he wanted Ramsdale. You know Arteta did sanction William and Cedric, but again, Edu, what's your legacy? I haven't really seen you 
bringing some mad South American dons. I haven't really seen you utilize any markets. I don't really know who your connections is because sometimes, like in life, in, in and in that in that role, it might just come down to who's in your phone book, and there might not be people in his phone books, man. Can't lie, he's doing. I wouldn't say Coop Miners is setting the world alight, but he's doing his thing there at Atlanta. Good fit for him. Also, man, if he could stay on side, bring him to the carpet, man. I love. I'd love to have also, man. You know, good age profile. We wanted him since he was 16, 17 when he was playing at the Youth World Cups and that. Doing things right, I, I would take him. You know, obviously Napoli are gonna kind of zang us with that. They're saying 100 mil, which is a mad thing, but yeah, man. Be all for that. Be all for that. <laughs> is that man? Is that just give Isaac some hard food? He'll be good, man. He'll be good, man. It's probably just a genetic thing. He's just a slim build dude, man. I like Isaac, man. I like Isaac. I'm taking Isaac, but I'm not expecting first season. I'm not expecting 20 league goals. Like I kind of, as much as I love the future and any and and, and all of that sort of stuff, I want a thing, man. I, I kind of want. I miss having players that impact this thing right now. Like, if I'm honest with you. Like, as much as football's about tomorrow and where we are, I just miss having played. Like, I remember Alexis Sanchez. Like, there was this the buzz it created when we signed him, but his first game against Palace, that game against City, just him in the squad. Like, if we can find someone, obviously, typically it's big money, but we need big peas, man. When I shout Curtis, Curtis Shaw, you gotta ask him, man. You gotta ask him. I don't know, man. Someone said he's taking his cane rolls out right now. I don't know. The Mandela prestige, you know. When they got time for DJ in it, the Mandela Premier League, man. The Mandela Premier League. I'm just a small YouTuber who just talks Arsenal with you. Like, I, I'm. If I could be blessed to be in the presence of, you know, one of the Love Island youths in Curtis Shaw, he's not even a Love Island youth. Why not, man? You know how these youths are, 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 are prestige now. I'm guessing, man. Shout out, shout out, Curtis. Um, you know, one of the only YouTubers I actually fuck with. But yeah, man, it is where it is. I've been following Isaac for years. He should not come near Arsenal 4. I can't lie. It's like you've got a detector for any time Isaac is mentioned. You're always active. I hear it. DG, you see what the Satsuolo CEO said about Shamaka? Apparently, he's more likely to leave Italy than stay. I mean, I'm taking Shamaka as well. He looks decent. He was primarily linked with Inter Milan. Maybe he doesn't want to sell to Inter Milan. Or maybe it's the Vlahovic BS because we heard that all Fiorentina wanted to do was sell him abroad. They had a willing buyer in Arsenal. They wanted to sell, wanted to buy. Evidently, Vlahovic and Juventus had um, other options. And in hindsight, it looks like they was playing a game of chess with, with, or a game of chicken, better yet, with Vlahovic and his advisors. And it got to a point that Mandela said, listen, it's either you sell me to Juventus now or you're going to get less money or we're, we're trying to leave for free anyways. Juventus might try other things in the summer. So I think it's a that one, man. I'll take Dennis. Squad thing, though. Koulibaly, just because of quality, but he's on that death row contract in Napoli, man. I don't know why he's still there. I'll get on, on him today's live stream. Cameron Jerome needs to get it popping. <laughs> I mean, Rafino would be lovely. I don't know if he could be the striker, though, but I would, I'd, I'd, I would not mind Rafino at all, man. If Leeds get relegated, allegedly there's a twenty million clause, but you're hearing bare teams are onto him, really and truly. And that twenty million hella teams, maybe teams that could offer him us him a more reputable, reputable sort of playing squad than that, man. He's, he's, he's still. What's it? Liverpool just got Diaz. They're still linked with him. Four and me are Swedish, and we don't rate Isaac at all. Sorry. 
harsh, man. You know, when your fellow countrymen aren't backing your thing, then we've we've got to take your opinions. But I'm still gonna rate him, man. I'm still gonna rate him. I'm still gonna have quality because you know, I, you respectfully, you lot and someone else might not rate him, but. If you're linked with Barcelona and Xavi wants you and things, it, you know, not that their opinions are better than ours, but you've got to be doing something, right? You know, Newcastle could take Rafina. Boy, to be fair, him and Gamara's, it could be flavor, you know, flavors. I'm taking Rafina, man. Right age profile as well. Starboy stuff in a more technical based team, you might see more techers. I just, I don't, the one thing I'm scared, I think he's got that Alexis Sanchez thing about him. It's like, He's on the blame game thing because he just I, I, he looks disillusioned at Leeds, but he looks like he's on the blame game thing, like acting like I'm not almost part of this. And I, I don't really like that, really, if I'm honest with you. I don't know that. It's just what I've seen. After the losses started due to the pandemic, do you think there'll be more investment this summer? There needs to be. I wouldn't mind Osman from Napoli and Calvin Phillips if Leeds go down. If Calvin Phillips is on joining, why not, man? He's Tigerish, he's English. You know, unfortunately, when Saka missed that penalty, he tried to back him. He, he consoled him. So, why not, man? Apparently, Arsenal have not lost a Premier League match in March since 17-18 season. Boy, we might hit we might hit groundbreaking new ground. Hopefully, that don't happen. Boy, it's crazy. Do you remember when Arsenal tried to smoke crack a few years ago, people? And what I mean by smoking crack is this. Arsenal have suggested, do you remember, do you remember this in 2019? Arsenal have suggested a 55 million deal with 10 million dependent on clauses as well as Reese Nelson on loan as a temporary replacement for Zaha while Saka is another alternative. You know, we were mad, you know. If we ever, Saka should have never been in any negotiations with Palace. That, you know, the Nelson thing could have banged in hindsight. But yeah, man, Zaha, that could have been us, man. That could have been us. Crazy, man. That would be lit. I would not take Calvin Phillips due to being injury prone, been there, done that. There's one thing and that's VAR. VAR, let's actually confirm Calvin Phillips is injury prone. Let's confirm that. That's why Sanchez was on the blame king. That's why I said he had the Alexis thing about him. Where I used to fall for eyes, you know, he's, he don't want to be here and all of that. And then I thought about it, like, why are you behaving like that? Really? Like, you're part of the fuckery as well, Really? I mean, he's currently nursing a hamstring injury. Where do you check man's injury? Where does the injury thing? There it is, injury history. Bit harsh to say he's injury prone, isn't it? Really, really. In his last however many years as a pro baller, he's going through a hamstring thing right now, which is bodying him. Other than that, last year he had a calf and a shoulder. I mean, other prior to this long-term injury, since he's been in Leeds' first team, he only missed seven games. A bit harsh to call him an injury-prone player. You know, we've got to sometimes make a difference between someone just getting a long-term injury and being injury-prone. The one thing, though, with a long... I will say, with a long injury like this, you, Loftus-Cheek would be the best thing. When you see injuries like this, it, you start seeing a man might come back from a hamstring and then he gets a fire strain and then this happens and that happens. That, that's them sort of injuries. So that one there, VAR, Brazy. Bro, one, two injuries, man, start screaming that. Did you see Sanchez at Barcelona? It was so easy to see that he was a special talent. Same with, with Rafinha. 
I mean, come on now. Respect me, please. Did I see Alexis? Appreciate that. I spoke about that on Twitch. One love to the Twitch gang. You know, Lampard got an apology. We didn't, though. It'd be nice if we if we could. On that, though, people, I'm not going to lie, man. It's 1.30. I'm going to eat my dinner. My man said dinner. Definitely not even my dinner. It's lunchtime, man. I haven't had breakfast, so I'm definitely going to eat, man. This whole live stream, I've just been staring at myself like, yo, one sexy chocolate darling, but I can't eat myself. I'm not with the cannibalism thing, and that's a bit booky. But obviously, over the course of this live stream, we've spoken about, we've reviewed Arsenal's month of February. We've looked at the financial report. We've spoken about these BS rumours of Lewandowski and, and Dybala. It's been great, people. Obviously, my third and final bit of content for today will be the Coppa Italia, 7.30 on Twitch, where it's AC against Inter. Join me for that. You lot stay safe. Achieve whatever goals, hopes, dreams, ambitions, and them things there you have. Overcoming hardship. Can't do any of that without health. So always wishing you lot good health and that. Back again after today. Uh, back again at 10 a.m. tomorrow, 11.30 as well. Probably 4.30 for Football Manager. And there's definitely going to be a watch along of some sorts. Make sure you're checking your schedules on Twitch. Make sure you're checking the community tab and all of these sort of things, man. Can't have you wasting away. Trust, man. Trust. I don't want a dead, man. I don't want a dead. Last question, though. Last question. Joey, I appreciate that. Would you take Ronaldo if Ronaldo goes? It's Ronaldo, isn't it? Why not, man? Last one. Do you buy into the Declan Rice hype? Because in between Ndidi Basuma, he clearly comes third. I buy into the hype. You know, I'm willing to have the conversation between Declan Rice and Basuma. People can fuck off with the Ndidi thing. He's clear of Ndidi. Like, he is clear of Ndidi. 100%. 100% better than Ndidi. 100%. 100%. The Basuma one, I can hear it. We can debate that one. Declan Rice is 100% a level above Ndidi for me. I'm sorry, Ndidi, but your, your concentration levels aren't as good as his. Your passing range ain't as good as his. You lose the ball in sloppy areas. Not that he doesn't. But yeah, man, I definitely buy into Declan Rice hype more than Ndidi. I think Ndidi is one of the most overhyped players I've seen in a hot second. I'm, I'm being a bit harsh to him, but yeah, man. Good to see your channel grind. Good. Uh, is, it, is it really growing? Nonetheless, I appreciate that, man. But on a serious note, man said people deluded. On a serious note, I would get out of here. I mean, I'll take Basuba, provided he buses these allegations because he, he can win the ball further up and that there's no logical reason for Arsenal to be buying Ndidi. Love for having the notifications on. On that note, though, I keep saying I'm going to bust out. I'm really going to dip. You lot, stay blessed. Stay safe.